This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Celtic Rumors TV, the Balls of Bobble podcast with your host Mark and myself Paul. On today's show, we will be joined by Barry and Michael. This show is now sponsored by Manscapes, grooming for men. Your best football is back this summer. Avoid a Mario Flaney bush in the midfield and clean up your midsection with Manscaped. Pro sponsors of Celtic Rooms TV, the Balls and Bobble podcast. Be a proper lad this tournament and shave your bits with the best global leaders in in below ways grooming. Manscaped joined over 2 million worldwide who trusted Manscaped with an exclusive offer for you 20% off free shipping run worldwide with our code Celtic Rooms TV at manscaped.com. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game so that you can enjoy the games clean and properly cared for. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Performance Package 3.0, head to toe, this ultimate male hygiene bundle. The Performance Package 3.0 comes with a lawnmower, 3.0 weed whacker, and has uh, functionals to round up the grooming routine. Bring your body back to the life in the game for a full normal 90 minutes. You'll probably heard of the lawnmower 3.0, aka the best ball trimmer ever created. This is the best trimmer on the market for those who need it and and in need of a shave for their testes. The third generation trimmer features a cotton edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced safe care technology powered by Manscapes. There's even a LED light so that you can see everything you're doing down there. Also included the weed whacker air and nose hair trimmer which is waterproof and uses a 9000 RA RPM motor powered by 360 degrees watery dual blade system. There's a nose and air trimmer, protection safe care technology which helps present nicks, snags, tugs in those dedicated holes. Look fellas, 79% of the partners pulled their miss that long hair nose is a major turn off. Why not use the best tools for the job here? And don't forget about their liquid formulation to round up the grooming game into performance packages. Their crop cleaner body wash keeps your hair and skin feeling fresh and healthy. You will also find Manscaped Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Anti-Chaffing Ball Deodorant and Moisturizer. You will also find Crop Reviver, Ball Toner, a testes toner that designs to give you an extra boost you need to get the job done on the pitch. Look as clean as well-groomed, 
head to toe for all time greats, David Beckham. Get 20% off free chipping with our code Celtic Rooms TV at manscaped.com. Trim your balls while listening to the Balls and Bobble podcast. Not only will your wife thank you for it, but your wife will thank you for it too. On today's show, we will discuss in the latest Celtic rumours around Celtic. Barry Michael will be joining us to discuss the two Dominic McCoy interviews with the media and the fans media from Friday. Michael will give us an update on the football match on the 18th of July. And there's a new topic called Any Other Business, where we will ask you, the live chat, to give us a topic to discuss, and we will discuss it live on the show. And we'll ask the lads, Michael and Barry as well, if there's any other topic that they wish to discuss, and we will talk about that as well. Firstly, though, I'll hang off to Mark for our weekly shout-outs. Uh, thanks very much, Paul. Uh, welcome aboard, lads. Uh, the link for the Manscaped site, that's in the description box below. So you can use that to go straight to the site if anybody's wanting that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, just the usual shout-outs to Tim Alloy. Malika, uh, Young Ben and ROH, Richie, I saw, saw Richie was in the live chat the other night when we were doing the podcast, mm-hmm. that was good to see him on, you know what I mean, it's a bit of a tough time with that, and that's his fourth or fifth time fighting cancer, Paul. Jesus it's unbelievable, unbelievable. You know what I mean, so just everybody keep Richie and well, the rest of the lads in your thoughts and prayers going forward. Well, obviously Mikey's coming on, but a wee update on his brother-in-law, he's, he's, he's out of home, and he seems to be making good progress, or really impressed with how quickly he's came on from where he was, kind of thing, so that's a bit of good news as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, uh, there, David Sutherland, all right, evening David, Mikey, Barry's already in the live chat, don't a wee bit quiet in there just now the night, but let's get the ball rolling, Paul. I suppose before we start and before the lads come on, we last them while they've been out for the last uh, week or two where they're shaving their balls while the <laughs> balls for the podcast. So we'll find out does the bush match the, the silk heads when the lads come on? I don't know. I that's hard to do them hardly got a hair. Celtic defender Jack. Jack Henry has officially left the club and has signed for Belgian club KV Austin for a fee of £1.8 million. West Ham are actually looking to sign this defender for around £5 million. But considering the way Jack Henry has been with Celtic and what we've saw in the Euros, it's pretty much good business for for Celtic. Celtic have, have offered creation on the 21 defender Mariners a £17,000 a week contract deal. Torino are also interested in the player, but Celtic have supposedly hammered out a better deal for their under 21s defender. St. Johnson have slapped a £1 million transfer fee on Celtic target Ali McCann. Uh, Celtic have reportedly turned down two £10 million bids for one to a Celtic defender Christoph Iyer. Are Celtic playing a dangerous game here by holding off for a, a, a much bigger transfer fee for the defender? As, as again, if we're holding off, could this backfire in Celtic and we, we'll end up in the end selling, sell, selling him off at a much cheaper fee? Uh, Celtic Park could be full capacity on the 10th of August, according to the media reports on Scottish government and papers today. Uh, 
uh, all could change in the coming weeks for Celtic fans who can't wait to get back in to support the club for next season. Celtic left-back Bori Bongoli is keen to leave the club uh, during this transfer, fee- transfer window. Turkish club Alita, Alita have long to be interested in the player who, in my opinion, ended his own career when he brought COVID restrictions last season. That's all for the Celtic and Looms and Gossip for today's show. Again, as Mark said last time, this is just all rumours and gossip. We hold no accountability for it, so please don't be putting any bets down on anything that's gossip and rumours. On today's at least there is some gossip and rumours for a wee change The interesting one I, I'm looking at, Mark, is, is, is the, the two bids that have supposedly been uh, turned down by Celtic for, for Christoph Eyer. We were saying £10 million ourselves, Mark, would have been a good deal considering he's only a year left in his contract and he wants away. According, according to the press a couple of weeks ago, Newcastle had a deal done for him for £8 million, didn't they? Yes, I, yes. I said at the time there was no way in the world Celtic would accept £8 million for Ayer. My only problem with that is like, if Celtic are holding out for a bigger fee mark and people don't come into it in the last couple of weeks of the transfer window, then we'll end up selling them for thinking maybe six or seven or eight. Do you know? Do you know? It's oh, me. They're saying that Celtic are looking for 12, Paul. I think, I think they'll get that. Mm-hmm. It's just haggling. They're just no teams going to... And especially when it's kind of so early too as well. Yeah, that as well. There's, I mean, months still to go in the transfer window. I think this deal for this young Croatian lad um, is going to be done in the next couple of days. You know, that Torino actually couldn't match the the wages that Celtic were it's it, it amazing Mark, how times have changed in Italian football that uh Torino or anything like that can't match Celtic's wages. Maybe they can match it but they just don't want to Paul. Mm. You know what I mean maybe maybe we've paying them a, a, a wee bit extra to get me come to Scotland which I don't I don't mind us doing that if I only come here because of paying them extra money. I don't that doesn't bother me in the slightest. Or maybe it's under new board banjo Mark that uh, Dominic McKay actually is giving these players a better contract to get them in. Well, I'm not looking at that. Oh, for years I've said that I've mm-hmm. got a problem with the money that we spend in transfers. It's me, I've not spent it wisely enough for a start, but I've got me a problem with like, the wages that we pay. See if we just stepped up exactly. to the next bracket of kind of wages to your. 40 grand a week. I'm not saying the full team made up of 40,000 pound a week players, but for that wee bit of different class, you know what I mean? It's going to improve Yeah, exactly. And get, exactly, Mark. Get, get the players in that would add a bit of class and not getting the second or third option. No. Do you know what I mean? That we see have failed consistently over over the years. I keep the heart back to it, but look at Scott Sinclair. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that, just, to get like that, we paid a wee bit extra in wages to get him up here and we get more than our money's worth out of my drinking pot. I thought Sinclair was brilliant for us. There are still so grapes for me between towards uh, Peace Alon or even Neil Lennonmark, the way he left the club, like sitting what he did for us, like you know, it wasn't. And even even now he still talks about his time up in Celtic saying it was the best time of his career. 
with Celtic, like you know, like that's the way the way he left is is is, is shocking and, and fixing your throat a bit. It does like, but the fans don't the fans don't remember that. Like they just remember how much of a good player like and, and he was the one player, Mark, who his career was finished. Basically, don't Mark finished. Oh, he came up to us like a like 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 a different player altogether. Like and what a signing he was for us, Mark, wasn't he? Ah, he really was. I mean, I know he cost us a lot of a lot of money in wages and things like that. But you've got to say that it's been one of the best Celtic transfers in the last ten years, I'd say, Paul. Easily. Yeah, yeah, but that's just the most well, successful transfers as well. I mean, because we're spending money, we're spending money kind of, I mean, they're your pal Klamala. We spent the same kind of, no, maybe wages, but transfer fees, we spent the same kind of money on him as Sinclair. Mm-hmm. We go off with Klamala for whatever reason. Again, we're not going into the reasons for that again, but it just shows you what you can get if you're willing. If you go up to the next bracket, yes, man, up to the next bracket. Like, we're not good. Like, we're still working within our budget, Mark, of the 30000 a week. Like, that's our, that, that's, we did, do you know well, there will only be money getting £30,000 a week now. Yeah. But there's Scott Brown away. That's probably a top earner away. Mm-hmm. Like, but 17 grand back is... It's not too, too we say, too expensive for Celtic, really, Mark, is this? No. Like, we should be kind of... A fine price. Yeah, would we accept that, Mark? Get a week, Paul. <laughs> I get manscaped. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> And your only fan sitting manscaping on your only fan's channel. <laughs> your only fan's yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the wife is lifting like she's down now looking at Parkhouse's <laughs> only fan's channel now. That's what she is because of you. That's being the dog house. <laughs> so, moving on. Uh, today we'll be joined by Barry and Michael, uh, Iceman and Michael Dundee for the forum. Again, any of you who don't know our forum page is Celtic. Rumours.co.uk. Uh, All Celtic fans are welcome there. If you've never been on it, come on over and join in in the conversations and the threads that are on there. It's good, lads, because that's how I actually got uh, involved in this podcast. Like, wasn't it? Like, this is how you met me. It was through the the forum. You know, and, you know, it's you know, it's uh, there's nothing. Bad, I can say about it. You know, like there's no one. Everyone has boundaries. Everyone respects the boundaries there within people. You know, it's 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 like a family on that form. No marketing is gone. It's just really yeah. good. It's gone from strength to strength over the years, Paul. When I first started doing it. Mhm. Ten years. Was it twelve uh, years ago, Marcus? Was it fifteen years ago? Eleven. Over eleven years this year. So I'm only t- I'm ten years on it. So you only started a year uh, when I came. Jesus, what? Wow. So I didn't think I'm that long. I was I was in my 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 prime then, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> when you done Mario and Fellini, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that's Barry and Mikey there now. He's there, lads. Evening, guys. Evening. Yeah, Mikey, how yeah. you what? So, lads, I suppose the first question is: Did you trim your balls while you were listening to us on the Balls and Bavel podcast when you were out for the last couple of weeks, Barry? <laughs> Is, is this not a free watershed show? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I've done to trim is the top of my head, I'll tell you that. Barry's thinking, did he die the right number? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, 
Uh, it's good to keep nice and trim down there. Seems we've got a sponsor now. Yeah, I'd recommend it to all the listeners and all the uh, people on the live chat. Go, go and help ahead and get yourself on the manscaped and let us know how you get on. Thanks, Zachary. What's Barry here? Get ready for the calendar next year. <laughs> Mike, how's you, buddy? Yeah, fine, yeah. I was just going to say that I've got as much hair down there and I have on the back of my county and that's no much. Alright, we leave the, the man's bit. First, Barry, I come to yourself. Uh, we, we start with uh, the interviews from, from the, the media first and then we kind of move down into the what we call it, the fans' media, as, as they called it. But how, just just holding off in Ange at the moment, like, how did Dominic McCoy come off to you uh, on Friday and, uh, in, in the interviews? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, first of all, I think, I think they both came off very positively, mm-hmm. personally. Uh, but obviously, I'll stick with, with Dominic McCoy first. I think um, it's kind of refreshing to, to hear the way this guy sort of speaks yes. and the, the vision he's got for the club going forward. Obviously, you know, he's not actually officially even started his role yet. That comes, I think, during this week, 1st of July. Um, but the early indications of what, what he's telling us, what he's putting across in the media, uh, it's exactly what we're wanting to hear. It sounds like he, he is going to be a different beast from Peter Loyal, uh, judging by his early comments. You know, he mentioned a number of things that, you know, were quite impressive. Uh, you know, he kind of, for me, indicated that football's potentially not his forte. It's potentially not his strong point. But he'll be focused on the business side, uh, the commercial side, the engagement side. He mentioned all these words. And then he says, but I'll be tapping into Big Ange on the football side because he, he was talking about, you know, he wants to look at the whole football and structure. Mm-hmm. He mentioned the words again, you know, he wants to, the club to evolve. He wants to modernise the club. And it was mentioned not only in the the ones with the, the Scottish media, but also the fans, the fans uh, media conference as well. You know, he mentioned about uh, evolving the club and modernising the club. So for me, right at the, out, from the outset, he seems like a very positive guy and potentially exactly what we are needing. And instead of Peter Loyal, you know, I, you know, we all know, um, he got a bit too involved in the football side of things, uh, and that was his downfall, uh, and it cost the club in a number of areas. Yes, he had his strong points in terms of negotiating and getting good, uh, you know, deals and, and sell-on values and players. But you know, like I say, the early indications for me from Dominic McCoy were very, very positive, and I'm really looking forward to see where he takes the club and the direction he takes this football club in. Um, Michael, I, I, I come to you as well, and, and Dominic. Yeah, I, I like. I'll just echo what Bar- Barry said. Um, I was quite. Um, I like. I just like these tone. Just to be came across in him, but I'm more interested in seeing what's going to happen on the pitch than. Mm-hmm. Uh, do it wrong. It is good to hear from these guys. We want to see actions rather than yeah. words, Michael. Yeah, you? like I said, it's all good having like being able to talk, but like I say, Stella kind of a bit in disarray just now with the, the first team squad and. Like see, that's the talking over now. I just want like this. This I think this week is pivotal. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Europe and everything. Like we need like the guy that Mario Vuskovic, um, the centre back to Hudrick Split. That's meant to be coming in this week. Um, mm-hmm. in the next forty hours, remember. If they get guys like that, um, I don't know if many guys in the chat know much about them, but I've done a bit of research on them. 
and he's meant to be absolutely outstanding. Highly regarded as well. I'm, 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 I'm being honest. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, I'm surprised that um, if the, if, I'm surprised if they do get him, unbelievable. But I'm very surprised if we are able to get him. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, so that's good signs right away if they're able to get him. But until he's actually at Parkhead with a scarf raised, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll have a bit. I've heard all this before. <laughs> exactly. Mark, I suppose the, the big team that we heard from Dominic yesterday was, and we were trying to pull all this link together with the the Australian guys, uh, Gavin and Chris, and we thought it was the Man City group that maybe directed us to, towards Big Edge. But it was it was actually Dominic McCoy's man, Ange was. It was Dominic, Dominic McCoy who wanted him. It, it came across that way. He didn't tell me he was speaking. Uh, that was that was with the fans media went it was talking mm-hmm. and it was uh, as I said to you in the message when we spoke about it earlier on Paul I kind of maybe looking back was Peter Lowell was Eddie Howe maybe Peter Lowell's choice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Des McDermott as well kind of thing but then when that went fell by the wayside Dominic Mackay said well I've, there's this guy out in Japan or out in Australia do you know what I mean and I've I've he, I know, I think he could do a real good job for us, just the way, I, because you know, I think they've obviously known each other, maybe, Paul, the way they kind of... Yes, spoke to each other, exactly, and even on the camp. Crossed paths at some point, idea. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of got that impression that it maybe been Mackay that, that put Ange forward for the job, which is a good thing, if he's back to, he's, you know what I mean, the way he was backing him in the press conference and that, it's as if... They're working as a, in tandem, as a unit. And yeah, as a unit, Mark, yes, exactly. With Peter Lowell sitting there, when was the last time you could say that about a manager at Celtic? Jeez, I say. Yeah, but I mean, there was... Could we go back to the Martin O'Neill era, Martin, I think? That was one of the things that I did get. It was the way that Mackay spoke about Ange. And, and yeah. He, he, he trusts him. He, even he, if he, he's putting his trust in him, maybe he knows he, he's a good manager and what he's capable of. Kept going back to 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 uh, refer to Andrew's wealth of experience, Mark. Didn't he? Like I be tapping into this man's wealth of experience, oh, you know. Like the way as well with Mackay, he kept. I know it's a bit of a cliche to use kind of thing. We use it all the time with certain players, but he kept saying that everything at the, everything at the club should be world class. Mhm. He, he used that term world class quite a few times when they were talking. He was talking about what his plans were for behind the scenes and things like that. So again, we spoke about the deterioration in the standards across the club to were blue in the face, Paul. And mm-hmm. it's as if Mackay's he's, he's planning... Rectified it, yeah. He rectified his... Aye, yeah. but as I said before, the actions will prove his... Do you know what I mean? Actions speak louder in words and that will prove whether he was... He's been honest or truthful or whatever you, way you want to put it. But he's, he certainly said the right things and was a lot more positive than anything. Peter Lowell ever really came out with a lot more open. Mm-hmm. The way he was just sitting, you could tell maybe he was a business. Although he's, he was a top man in rugby, there's a big difference between being a top man in rugby and being the top man at Celtic. Do you know what? Like, I, what we want, what, what I think, like in relation to that, Mark, like we want the way he kind of modernised the rugby within Scotland. Like that's where we want I, him to break Celtic. Like do you know what I mean? Into modern football, into. But see, ideally, Paul, seeing gonna through this coming season or whatever, hopefully we don't need to talk about Dominic Mackay much. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? It's, it's, I mean, could you name the like CEO of any other club? No, no. It's because it's it's because it's 
because he looked Cormac because he was so he was so involved Aye. in the first team like in that and taught Donald in signings. He was there for every single signing. He was there for every major event. Do you know what like, I see? You should be. I noticed that they said as well. I think it was to the uh, mainstream media that he said that Lovell still involved with the ECA for another two years. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if he's maybe need to have some connection with Celtic to still be able to do that job. And what does that? What does that? Involved, I know Mark with with Peter Lord involved with that. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I thought he. I thought he needed to be attached to a club in some kind of capacity still to keep up that role. That's your. That's your. The European Club Association. It used to be called. Okay, the G8 or something like that. It started off as I'm sure years and years ago. It was all meant to be the biggest clubs in Europe. See, like the first teams that started the Champions League in that, and then it's just grew and grew, and it's like. Well, that's where Lowell met the boys for Ajax to talk about. Oh, yes. Yeah. To all the big stuff showed in the, the European Champions League and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I think what he said as well, though, was that, look, I'm going to be the one making decisions, but peace and all, knowing the club and knowing how to do things, keep me down there at the end of the phone for advice. But at the end of the day, Mark, he, he kind of made look that he wants to be his own man, make his own decisions. You know, which I think was kind of well, about time, really. It would be, it would be, you're saying he's, he's talking about tapping into Big Angie's knowledge and things like that, but it would be silly if you've only tapped into Peter Lowell's knowledge and kind mm-hmm. of, it would be, I mean. Considering how long he's been at the club, man. Exactly, I mean, there isn't anybody on this planet, even, Peter Lowell will know more about how Celtic runs than probably even Dermot Desmond does. Mm-hmm. Peter Lowe's job to day, run it day to day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, moving on. Um, Mike, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Mike, I come to you. Mike, we, we saw kind of uh, clips of, of Andrew's kind of interviews during the Zoom there the last week, but this was the, the first one that he, he, he approached the media. He was actually in Celtic Park and your first impressions, seeing him through the media and, and how he sees Celtic um, ex- excited times, I think. Yeah, well, he says, I've been excited for the guy coming for well in the last year. Done. I think, like he says, Comic Con, he comes across very, very well, but he's certainly a guy that just wants to get on the training pitch and do his talking there. I don't mm-hmm. think he's, I'm not saying that he's not interested in doing press conferences. But he said that, though, indeed. He doesn't. He's not fond of all. He doesn't really use all this kind of social media or or press. That his ideas go to the chain and go, and that's where he kind of kind of do his talking like in this. You oh, know, he's going to need to learn to get used to being at a club like Celtic. Mm-hmm. You're hounded. <laughs> you're hounded to the minute you come in the door. But like you say, I just like to be heard. I just want. I just want the the talking's done on the pitch. Mm-hmm. in the media and like you say it's alright everybody's saying the talk great that's good but like you say they're more and more interested in how it transforms on the pitch and like you say the early, the early things are really good and I don't think anybody could really mm-hmm. have any oh, I, don't, I don't think anybody could hold anything against them so far based on what they say mm-hmm. I think Barry kind of have to kind of greet Michael like Talking to talk is kind of really good and coming off positive, but at the end of the day, it's what we produce in the pitch. But 
going by the way that he be in control of the silence himself and he'll have the final say on what players go and what players stay. It it could be exciting times if, if players actually listen to Ange and adjust to his way of play. Definitely. And that, that's exactly what they're going to need to do. Uh, and I think potentially that's maybe what, what exactly we were needing and what we were missing for the last couple of years. You know, he seems, uh, you know, in his early interviews, he seems to have a clear direction and a clear mm-hmm. philosophy on the way he wants to play football. Uh, he spoke about well, his dad, one day he kind of reformed back to his dad about that, like that he's a, his dad used to love uh, attacking teams and uh, he's never watched football who, who defended. Used to you know how defensive Serie A mm-hmm. was in that, which mm-hmm. a certain age group would agree with, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Very good. Continue. Yeah. No. So, yeah. So, like I say, he, he, he's got a clear direction on the style he wants to play. You know, in attacking football. You know, he talked about formations that he plays. He talked about playing. You know, high expansive, uh, high pressing, fast attacking football with you know wingers who like to go and take. That's exactly the way the Celtic supporters like to be entertained. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like Michael says, you know. Uh, it's great to hear this, it really is, and it's putting everybody uh, in a positive frame of mind for for the season ahead, but the proof will, in the pudding will be what happens on the pitch. Uh, now, we might not hit the ground running straight away, but we need to sort of see improvements, we need to see, you know, progression from last season. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, the early indicators, from the way he speaks, his domain, uh, for me, he comes across as a guy that's just football obsessed. Mm-hmm. He really comes a guy that lives in. I think he said it himself. He, he Watches football night yeah, and day. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just ask. He says, just ask my wife. He says that you know he's obsessed with that. And like I say, this could be exactly the managerial appointment uh, we're looking for. I, I must admit, I hold my hand. I, I said in a previous podcast, I was a bit underwhelmed when uh, I heard the name. But the more, the more I listen to the guy, and the more I hear other people that have worked with him talking, the more kind of excited I'm getting. Uh, and, and like I say, the 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 interview he had the other day with with both the fans and with the media, for me he came across very very well. And yeah. I just for me, I'm excited to see what he can produce on the park because ultimately that's going to be where he's judged. It's like 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 Barry, like when when Dominic McKay kept saying I'd be I'd be tapping into uh, Big Ange's mind for 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 his expertise and his knowledge and stuff like that. And considering that. The Celtic fans know little about him, apart from what we kind of read him on the media and what we hear from the guys. Now, we actually don't know what experience or knowledge this fella has about football. I mean, this fella could be out of this world, and we don't even know. Do you know what I mean? Well, well, you know something. He, he, he's, well, he's been in manage, management for twenty-five years. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I read. Uh, sorry, I watched an interview he had. I think it was. I'm not sure if it was just when he first came, or maybe it was... When that was like how he talked about his football or something like that or yeah, something. Well, yeah. you know what? He talked about himself as a football player, and he says sort of very quickly he realised that whilst he was a decent player, he was never going to make it at the level that he wanted, and he believed that coaching was his calling. Mm-hmm. So, so right, right away, he's identified, you know, I'm maybe not quite at the level I need to be to make it to the top, but I believe that can be a good coach. And, you know, like I say, 25 years uh, he's had experience, you know, as an international manager, managing in Australia and also managing in Japan. Now he's got his opportunity to come. And the, the good thing is, like, obviously, Dominic Mackay said himself, you know, he lived in Australia. He knew about Big Ange. 
He mm-hmm. spent a lot of time working in Japan. He knew about him. So this is a guy that he's entrusted to take this job. And I think, like, uh, from the interviews that I heard over the last couple of days with, with the two of them, it's clear to me that... Um, they're going to block the They're going to have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Donald Mackay is going to leave Ange to make, make the sort of footballing decision, first team level, etc. And he's going to do what his strengths are. And that's like, like I say, commercial business engagement yes. and oversee the whole football thing. You know, I mean, Dominic McKay was talking about, um, you know, they mentioned to him about the director of football. I don't know if we're going to come to that at some point in the, the podcast, but they mentioned, is there going to be a director of football? And he talked about, he's already spoken to clubs in Europe about how they operate. He's, he, he referenced Sevilla and he referenced Brentford as two similar models mm-hmm. or similar sort of size uh, clubs to sell. I'm not sure about Brentford, but um, he mentioned, so, so, so there, he's look, He's currently looking at that situation. And like, like I say, when, when he decides and has a better sort of knowledge as to where the club are at, I think it's then you're going to see these appointments being made. Do we, do we, do we, because I, I actually looked into Brentford and they only kind of, restructured the whole backroom team in the last, I say, three, four years. And since they kind of restructured everything, Barry, they seem to be kind of doing a model of what Celtic were doing, kind of buying all these youngsters and selling them on for for kind of kind of big money and gradually kind of climbing up the leagues. You know, so I think that's why he kind of referenced kind of, kind of Brentford, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And... and- it's something that Celtic have been successful with in the past, but we need to get back to it. Yes. Because, you know, in the last maybe four or five years, we've not been producing or bringing in these signings uh, as regularly as we once were. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like I say, excited to what, see what the future holds with regards to, to both uh, Big Ange and to see the direction that Dominic Mackay takes the club in. Mark, I just, I knew someone from the media would 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 ask him like how did he feel about not being being Celtic's uh, first choice manager and that uh, he only got the job because talks broke down but he handled that question uh, very well I thought didn't he? Aye, they handled all the questions mm-hmm. very well I thought Paul but I knew he was going to get asked and it's, really, it's a stupid question but they honestly mm-hmm. kind of answer did they expect him to say? Um, I was uh, I wasn't going to take it because I wasn't the first choice. Was, exactly. You know, I mean, it was. It didn't matter what choice you were. If you get the chance to manage Celtic, take it. Do you get what I mean? And plus, Mark too, like he, he already like he's pointed out like as, as what Gavin and Chris said as well. Like the Celtic supporters don't know how actually Celtic is big outside Europe. You know, there's a huge fan base, as we we learned from the two lads of Celtic in, in Australia already. He he quoted Jock Steen. He knew about the, the quadruple. He knew basically Celtic's history, you know, which is which is a good... I think, I mean, I think, well, we know there's supporters clubs all, all over the world. I think there's supporters clubs in every country in the world, Paul. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for a guy that's... Totally infatuated with football. With football, it'd be stupid not to know about Celtic. Exactly, it'd be silly. I'd be more worried if he didn't. If he didn't, you know, do you know what I mean? If I'm falling up to Celtic Australia's pitch on Monday morning over in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody in football will be able to tell you like who the Lisbon Lions. It's kind of thing in that. No, but she says you seem to know a lot. Of, quite a, obviously, he's read up in the club as well. 
over the time, like when they asked him about the the foundation and things like that, he's obviously done his homework on like the origins of the club and where they came from and things like that. So just it was just the positivity. I just thought the two of them just came across it was like a hair fault to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, like echo with the other lads, I seen that. I'm I'm looking forward to this season. I think it's a really exciting season. I think uh, I think Mark like until we kind of heard from like all those kind of kind of doubts kind of went away from everyone because we knew we knew Lytton Farmer. Uh, Compton started gradually coming into the lads before he got Gavin on this side, do you know what I mean? But even, the, you know, I mean, even the confidence uh, he, he seems to have in himself, do you get what I mean? The way he's, he's saying how like how single-minded he is and we'll play this, this is how we're going to do it and if you're not going to do it, you'll not be here. That's what, the kind of message he sent to the players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he, he believes, like, I think like what he was saying was like, he believes in the way he plays. He doesn't play any other way. This is the way that succeeded for him, and and he he basically he said he, he kind of dreamt of football being played this way all his life, and this is the way that his dad liked the way of football being played, you know. And it, it's really, I think it's a good time to come into Celtic, considering the amount of players that are leaving Michael this season, last season, the players who are there going to be where to go. It's a clean slate, and I don't think he's really interested in what happened at Celtic last season. It's from uh, when he arrived at Celtic, that's when his job starts, and it's on. It's it's his way now, isn't it? Well, he's got his style that he plays, and it's proven in his managerial career that it works. And, that, and that's the main thing. Like everywhere he's went, he's won. He's won international level, club level. So obviously whatever he's doing is obviously working. And mm-hmm. I've got every confidence but that he will be able to implement it at Celtic. Um but like I said I've said since the start of the podcast, I just there's got like that's the talking done now. Mm-hmm. Like they, they need to they start moving on, like you said, need to start getting a, a squad together to like you said, what we're only a week was it a week on Wednesday away from the first friendly. Mm-hmm. And people say well, it's only a friendly, but like you say, swim the open games, you'll start to see the style that the guy plays. And whether it's a friendly or not, they're they're important games. Exactly. Barry, you know how, how how important kind of pre-season games are, getting into fitness, getting used to the, the new managers' uh, way of playing. Like, we, we should be expecting maybe maybe one or even two slidings before, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I spoke with Mikey earlier on today. I'd like to think we'll have a minimum of two players in for the Champions League qualifier. Mm-hmm. I think that's a bare minimum we need. Ideally, you know, we're not going to have five or six in by then, but if you could have two or three, I think uh, that that would be ideal. Uh, you know, it would certainly enhance the preparation and strengthen the squad for, for what's a very important game. The Champions League qualifier is a very important game. Put position, body. First and foremost, Mark, I think the guys have mentioned that on the, the forum, right, a right-back and a centre-half would be by priority. Without it. I mean, because, like I say, we've only got Tony Ralston in there uh, as a, as a right-back. We've not got any other ones. Julian, Julian still isn't fit either. Julian's still a bit away. We don't know, you know, is Ayer, the likelihood that he will play or will he be sold before that? We don't know. Um, but, you know... 
I kind of agree with Mikey, you know, pre-season games, I've never looked too much into it in any season. You know, I've always believed, no matter the result, it's about getting fitness, it's about getting minutes in the legs and getting yourself prepared for the start of the season. However, I think this this season, they're actually going to be more important in terms of you've got a brand new manager coming in with a different style of play and a style that uh, we weren't used to. And, no. You know, the, the underlining. So this, the, the pre-season friendlies, I think there's maybe four or five of them, you know, uh, it's a great opportunity to, to, to try and implement that style of play and try and get, you know, uh, practising, basically. You know, get, get practising the style that Ange wants in preparation. So I'll be looking at these uh, pre-season friendlies with an interesting eye because, like I said, this is where we're going to see uh, Ange's philosophies and, and styles uh, implemented into these games uh, because we need, he needs to do it as quickly as possible. Uh, because, like I say, we're only a matter of weeks away now from that first game. And, like, for, for me, the Michelin game is so important. If we can get through that tie, you know, as we all know, we're guaranteed Europe group stage football. Yeah. Uh, and that's massive for the club. European football is massive for the club. Uh, anything other than that's a bonus. Like, we've spoken about it before. It's going to be so difficult to try and get in the Champions League this season. But if we can negotiate that tie, it will guarantee us and European football uh, for this coming season. And like I said, that, that's big for the football club. You know, it's big for the supporters. Barry, like, over the years, um, under Peter Lord, um, our signings were usually depended on qualifying for the, for the Champions League group. If we look for the Champions League group, we, we kind of signed that kind of better player than what we would have signed. Do you think... Are we going to be depending on on that this year, getting into the group stage, or it does just it's going to be slowly building a proper squad for to win back the league? Yeah, no. For me, I I don't believe European football is going to have a bearing on the mm-hmm. rebuild of the squad. It might do in terms of you know you know just for argument's sake, say we're dead by some sort of miraculous achievement, qualify for the Champions League, and give us that bit of extra money to go and potentially... And attract, attract look, look at, yeah. yeah, look at two or three more attractive players. But, you know, for me, this rebuild should have, you know, been planned long before now. So, so there'll be players in mind that the club have. And like uh, Big Ann says, that there's hard work. <laughs> it's a tagline that Neil Lennon used to use a lot as well. There's a lot of hard work going on behind the scenes. We just need to see the actual you know, the, the the fruition happening now and the players coming in the door. So I don't believe that our transfer plans will be dependent on qualifying for the Champions League or even the Europa League, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think those plans are in place and the players are, are, are hopefully on their way into the club. Mark, I think him saying that he knows that there's, there's challenges with, with, the, with the size of the squad at the moment. He knows positions that need urgency to he didn't say positions but he, he said he knows positions that need urgent signings there be, before knowing the, and, and the champions he qualified Mac. but the, the, the most important thing was Mac that he'll have the final say in those in those signings so already we're kind of seeing in a, a change of, of the way we recruit players that the, the CEO and the board aren't really getting involved in that right they negotiate the, the transfers and stuff like that, but it'll be him mostly getting the final decision, Mark, which is a, a step a step in the right direction, isn't it? A massive step in the right direction, Paul. Mm-hmm. Spoke about it often enough. 
it should be football people making football decisions. So it's it's a good thing. It's got to be a good thing. But I still, I, I mean, I don't know if you've got it down, but I still think he'll be a director of football, bro. I, I really, I'm, I'm 99%. I'm hearing, I'm hearing a slightly different thing. I'm hearing a, a, a sporting director. I, and I don't know what that sporting, it's probably the same thing, but a different, a different name. Uh, probably, again, it's just job titles and playing with work mm-hmm. the day things, but the, I mean, if it's going to be that, it will depend on what his kind of job criteria is, but I still think there'll be somebody brought in because, I, I mean, where's Ange, there's only so many hours in the day as well. Where's Ange getting all this time for if he's going to be doing this and doing that? And he's got to be more concentrating on, well, obviously the new file the rebuilding's get behind the scenes and that's going on, he's going to be involved. But see, a couple of months, I mean, he's saying himself he'll have a look at it a couple of weeks, even getting down to the coaches when he was asked about Kennedy and Stratton. Yeah, we get it over the next couple of weeks and then he'll decide, which is mm-hmm. a good thing again. Dominic McKay's obviously said to him, what you want, if we can deliver it, we'll give you that kind of idea. Uh, what was I talking about there? <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. Uh, Dominic McKay saying to him about bringing coaches and things like that. And so you've got to think again that it's really just everything's changing. In the next couple of weeks he'll make the decisions what's going to be happening and then for me it's down to Ange and all he's got to do is concentrate on coaching and running that first team because the people that he's helped to put in place to run the other things will be doing their jobs, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, go go by uh, what Mark said there uh, John Kennedy and um, and Strachan, he said uh he will have to find decisions on, on, on new signings. He will have a look at the backroom team that's already in place at the club. He will see if they're able to kind of basically adjust the way he does things and if they're the people who he wants around him. But eventually that he trusts his own judgment and his and his judgment will be the final answer. Basically, it's up to John Kennedy and... We'll have to put Strack in there to show him that they're able to to move along with him, aren't they? Edward will be away. He might end up being getting kept. 
for just talks about him, all right, signing a, a one-year contract extension, be, and he might he might leave. Uh, think oh, he just might leave for free at the end of the season. But I couldn't see Celtic letting him go for a free transfer. Why could you? If there's a forty percent. I understand what guys are saying that he might not be happy in that, but if he's happy to stay at Celtic for another year and play the way that we all know he could. Mm-hmm. I'd rather keep him for a season than sell him for the because million or whatever, the way, whatever fees getting banded about because of the sell the selling fees are that large for Edward. It's, I mean, it's, it's not worth it, like yeah. To replace Edward, you're going to cost more. Mm-hmm. You know, and considering like, the way he kind of plays fast moving football, he loves to play with wingers. And Barry, you spoke about that as well, like the, the importance of having wingers and getting the balls into the box. It suits Edward down to the ground, Michael, wouldn't this? I think, um, like you say, a lot of people say, oh, well, we can't have turned in 14, 15 million. It's no 14, 15 million because it's 40% selling fee. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather, I'd rather have him for a season for 7, 8 million and guarantee, like I say, I think people need to realise as well that whoever wins the Scottish Premier League next season are automatically right into the Champions League group stages. And look at the money you get for that. Exactly, like the the, the importance of winning the the league next season, Barry, is like the benefits to just get straight into the group stages is is, is beneficial revenue wise for Celtic, isn't this? Barry, it's, it's, it's yeah. huge. It's absolutely huge. And for me, it should be the main focus of the mm. football club because it's. We're going to have more chance of getting an entry in the next season's Champions League by winning the Scottish League than we are of going through the qualifications this year. Um, so there's no doubt about it. You know that that carrot is there. You know if we win the Scottish Premier League next season, you're you're not having to face. You're guaranteed. I don't know in terms of qualification, TV revenue, and ticket sales. I don't know, but I'd imagine it'd be somewhere around about thirty, forty million pounds. So there's a massive carrot there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'll I'll disagree with Mikey. I would not keep Edward. I would not keep. I would. I would not trust him. I would, what what difference? You know, like it's the same. If we give him a one year contract, it's the same situation we're in this time last season. Mm-hmm. And he never bothered his arse last year. He came in. I know people will say he finished top scorer, but he's a top top player. So he is going to score. Do you, Barry? Do you think that maybe? This all talk that Edward might decide he wants to stay is because because he played so crap last year. I know he was top goal scorer, but he still wasn't the same player that that we saw previously with us. Yeah. And that top clubs haven't come in from like he expected, like you know. But well, that was that was down to him, Paul. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I know we should be we should be showing him to say, but also reboost his career. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know? I mean, so, so for me. Edwards, uh, Edwards' um, form last year was solely down to him. So the, 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 there's, there's, it's no wonder that maybe the top clubs, your Arsenal's that were linked with him before, your Milan's, maybe they, they saw them. Yeah. So, but I, I can't see like he didn't want to be here last year. Why is he going to want to be here next year? I, I don't really get that. I've, I've read the rumours that you know we might like extend his contract by a year. It doesn't make any sense to me. For me. I would look to get him out the door as soon as possible. But even if we did, if, if, even if we... Go on, Max, I go. If he's wanting to extend his contract, put a five-year deal down in front of him. Aye, exactly. Did. He'll run a mile. Yeah, yeah. Because... No, I, 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 I see if he was willing to sign a four-year deal. 
it's just to me, it's just if he's just kind of, if this is true, it's just if he's just using us. Oh, well. that's, exactly, that's exactly it, Mark. Uh, and you know what? It's, it's like, well, you know what? I threw my toys out the pram last year and it didn't work, but I'll tell you what, I'll sign a year this year and I will try this year and I'll see who could come in for me next season. That does, you know what? Okay, I'll benefit Celtic financially, but no, for me, like I say, I, I judge him on what happened last year and, and just my own personal opinion, I'd be looking to move him on even before the Champions League qualifiers, if I'm honest. Yeah, because you're going to be looking at the same board, then, aren't you, Mark? You know, you'll be looking at right, you'll be looking at the same situation again next season. Well, that was all it would be. Well, yeah. your extension, and then we'd still be, it would still be like a, only a one year's kind of money. So, why would Celtic put Celtic going to gain out of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just. No, I think it's just better for everybody concerned if he moves on. Hmm. Uh, but what's your take on when he said that he'll have a look at the the backroom staff that's already here? He said, look, there is a knowledge of wealth within the backroom staff, but they have to be able to adjust to the new way the club is going to be run, my philosophy. So it's up to the lads now to maybe, if they're interested, that they're, they show Pekans what they can do. But I still think he might bring in one or two of his own to, to help them along? Well, I, I do as well. I believe that he's going to appoint his own staff. And and that, that was apparent to me in his interview. He, he seems like a very shrewd guy. And, and you know something, I think he, he's a bit of an expert in all sorts of footballing departments. Mm-hmm. You, you, you guys like me probably heard him. There was a segment in his interview where he talked about getting small advantages over uh, the opposition before a ball's kicked. And he went on to talk about sports science and analytics. Now, this is something that he's very clued up in. And this is where Lennon wasn't clued up in. So therefore, like I say, so Big Ange will be very sort of well-knowledged in, in, in that sense, you know, your, your analytics. So this is where he'll be able to potentially decide, is Gavin Strachan? Yeah, that could, because that, that could benefit. Yeah, exactly. That we had a man, we, myself and Mark were discussing that in the last podcast, like, we had a manager in Dillon who actually wasn't interested that we think in all these sports sign things and analysing players what striking was doing. So now we actually have a manager who's speaking to all these, these things and maybe we could actually see the benefits of what striking actually does, Barry. Well, that's what we've got now, Paul, is a manager who's well-versed mm-hmm. and well up to date to know, yes, actually, this guy is very good at what he does or actually, you know what, you're not quite at the standard that I'm looking for, but I know somebody that is, and he can appoint that. So like I say, I mean, everything that was coming out of Ange's his mouth at these com- uh, press conferences, it was all very positive. And like I say, that was one thing that I took from it. He talked about getting, he says, even if it was a 1% advantage on my opposition before a ball was kicked, he says, and he talked about, uh, you know, it's not my fault. He says, I'm not, you know, I like to coach this, the football team. He says, but I like these people around me that know what they're doing. Not what they're doing, yes, exactly. Yeah, an, uh, sports analysts, and they'll be able to give me that 1%. Obviously, he said, I think he made a reference that he, he can't, he struggles with the Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. But, like I say, it doesn't mean that he doesn't know about well, Mark, yeah, exactly. He knows, he knows where his weaknesses are and that, that's as you said there Barry like he has these people then around him it's like my, myself and Mark spoke about Alex Fox the, the other day uh, like he he brought in the likes of Carlos Carreras 
as as an assistant to help him with the European football. He knew he knew what his weaknesses were. That was the European football. And so he bought this Portuguese fight guy. In. That's the what I see with Ange. You know, Ange has modernised himself over the 25 years he's been in management. That he's he, he's moved on with football. Each time football is modernised, he's moved on with it. Uh, yes. his new still stuck like 10 years ago kind of thing. Mm-hmm. After the space of 25 years, he seems to have moved with the times, and his new things have come into football. He's done his best to learn, learn them. And if he can't, if he if he can't get his seed doing it himself, he'll get somebody to help him get his seed doing it, and they'll come in and do it for him. Which and I, we're not saying like Mark that he doesn't have knowledge of that. Like, well, he's bringing in the experts aye, aye. that have knowledge in that. Like, you know what I mean? Aye. It's it's like any manager, you know, any good coach. They want to be on that training field, coaching the team. Exactly. Football has moved on, and, you know, sports science, analytics, you know, all, all this is part of modern-day football. But rather than, you know, a head coach or, or a manager taking that on his shoulders, what they do is they offload it onto experts in that field. And, and Big Andrew's no different. He just wants to spend all his time on that training field, really working hard, getting the players buying in to what he's wanting to do. Uh, but like I say, from what from what I heard in his press conference, he's well versed in all your analytics and your sports scientists. But what I can envisage happening is I think he'll bring bodies in unless he feels that Gavin Strachan. Uh, I'm not even really going to mention Kendi because I don't know what he'd bring to the table like Mikey. Uh, but like everybody and Mark, you've talked about yourself. You know, everybody's talking about Gavin Strachan's well thought of in that field. Well, for me now we've got a manager who's going to be able to make an opinion on that, and mm-hmm. if he is. Uh, if, if Gavin Strachan is indeed as highly rated as everybody says he is, then there's a chance he might get kicked on. However, if uh, Big Ange, who, like I say, is now uh, qualified, if you like, to make that decision, if he thinks, no, actually, I'd rather go a different direction, he'll bring in his own person. And especially as well, Michael, managing in, over in Japan, like, he'd be well up to date with all this new technology that's in football, because I, I would think how advanced Japan are a technology that they'll have the best technology, I'd say, that's out there in football at the moment, i said, uh, Japan. Again, it's just because it's not known, but the J-League mm-hmm. is the head of the SPL, or Scottish FA, or whatever you want to call them. Um, Japan, like you said, the league that he's coming from, in terms of quality of teams, Japan leads to superior Scotland. Mm-hmm. Was it Gary Lineker that went over there? Was was it the J League? He went on and, and he got first uh, stick for it, didn't he? That time when they said he was wasting his career, but he he spent a good couple of years over in Japan as well, didn't he? Grandpa see it was he played for Lineker. Yeah, so he kind of totally agree. The Japanese league, apart from like, well, we, we know we've got Celtic Rangers in our league. I bet you the rest of the teams over in that Japanese league. Are a higher level than the rest of Scottish football, apart from yeah. the only, the only reason we don't watch is because we don't want to see Hello Kitty popping up in the corner of the freaking television. Or I'd love you to do some commentary on some of the Japanese games and some of the names they've got over there, mate. Oh man, I, we were doing, I was listening back to the, the podcast. Because I wanted to hear how I did uh, the manscape thing, you know, so I listened to it back, and all I could hear was Mark laughing, laughing. I forgot to mute my mic. I forgot to mute it. <laughs> when I'm not talking, I put my mic to mute, Paul. 
But moving on, uh, Barry Dominic McCoy says he has a vision for Celtic that he wants us to be the best in class in the next decade. A uh, few media uh, outlets above, uh, at the interview came out and asked him about the director of football. Look, it was one area that the fans know, I think the club know, that, that we need as well under Dominic as well. But he really didn't give nothing away when asking uh, when these questions was asked of him. You know, he was all about, well, we're looking at every department, you know, it's not good. And if we think we need to improve, we'll improve. But see if he came out and says, it's going to be healthy, Denmark, yeah, exactly. See if he came out and says, I'm in the process, we'd we down the list to the last three mm-hmm. candidates. That's what you're just going to be that constantly, Paul. The media are going to jump at him then, like, in this. And just yeah. constantly, and then you get the fans moaning. I said, you get what I mean? See, come Wednesday, you get the fans saying, that's nearly a week for said we were getting a director of football, and he's no kidding. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, it's just playing it. But I mean, I mean, I know it was, a, he's obviously playing the PR game, and he, it was the so cut into that much as such. So, well, what do you think he means by by the restructuring? Was, was my thing, like, is does he actually... See already maybe the weaknesses in our club that, that have been left to him, and it's gonna it will take. But I don't think restructuring the whole club Mark, will take max. I say two three years maybe more with this or. Oh, uh, it could take uh, it could take a couple of years easily to get everything in place and everything running as smoothly as these the guys like guys like Mackay and Ange want want to do it, but it's the. Uh, is it Barry that said, no, it's all done, the talking's done. We need to get concentrate on the first team. and let think them. that's the main priority, you know, isn't this? Oh, get yeah. the players in to come first. And behind the scenes just kind of let it happen. Do you know what I mean? We've got the manager in, so let's see how things are going now. And let Mackay and Big Ange do what they want to do going forward as they look at all the different departments and the changes that need to be made. But mm-hmm. just normal football fans, we, we want everything happening yesterday, Paul. You that's know? it, like, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's it. And, and these questions, like, when I saw, when I was reading about the, the interviews, like, you, you'll see the things popping up on Twitter from the different news feeds, and again, it came up, like, no answers on direct from football. There was people trying to come up with more negatives, Barry, do you know, like the BBC were coming out about it, saying no answers again from Celtic. But it's not even the BBC, Paul. It's everywhere. It's fans. Everywhere. I was, I mean, I came, when I came on online today, on Twitter, if I look about it and that, and there was a, I, was, I can't even tweet one. It was, it was a Celtic site, and it was uh, Angie's going to build his team round about Tom Rogic. That was the headline for this article, for one of the... Exactly, yeah, just because he said... And there was nothing... That he knows Tom Rogic, and Tom Rogic will be a player that knows him, kind of team, yeah, exactly. That team, that's just as bad as the dross that you get served up in the Daily Record or the Sun, or all these other clickbait sites, and I've actually seen that some of... I think it was that article that led to a wee conversation some guys had on Twitter about a lot of these Celtic fan sites are just becoming as bad as the MSM. Mm-hmm. This headline, and then you read the article, and it's got nothing at all to do with what the headline says. They're coming more like the the media, like it's quite is, is there a is there? I, I come to you first, by then I go to Mike Denon. So, is there a major restructure, Barry, 
that needs to be done within the club. Has the club kind of really that modernised two times or? Yeah, there, there is there's, there is major restructure. I, I don't think there's any getting away from that. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you just need to look like as it stands right now. We've just appointed our manager. We don't have the director of football. Uh, the CEO has not actually officially started his role. That'll mm-hmm. commence on Thursday. We don't have a head of recruitment. Nicky Hammond's gone. So there's no doubt in my mind that, that there's a, a huge restructure. But there actually is. There's a fella from, uh, sorry, there's a fella in there called uh, Lefarve, Mark, is it? That he came from Arsenal and he's actually head of scouting operations at Celtic at the moment. Ah, well, f- fair enough. I, I didn't know too much about that. that, that, that particular we didn't know. But... We didn't know until I actually looked up was um, because I was looking up to see if that fella... Gary Penrice was actually still involved in the club. Well, uh, what, what I took from from uh, Dominic Mackay's questions, uh, sorry, his answer to, to some of the questions, I, I think that he's obviously very well aware that, that the club mm-hmm. needs, and he keeps on mentioning it, evolving, modernising. So he, he did that in Scottish rugby, and he did it to a massive, uh, successful uh, level. So for what I'm taking is he's going to go in there, he's going to identify that, of course, you know, youth development needs restructured. Um, you know, you know, the head of recruitment it needs restructured. There's a director of football, so he's going. This is going to be identified. This is what I took from it because he did say, you know, he's going to look at the whole football and picture, yes. the whole football and operations, and then once he's decided the the direction that he believes it should go and he's then going to make the appointments. I think he actually said that. He says he'll put these people in place. So I think that rather than what us fans potentially anticipated was, you know, these the ball would have been rolling six months ago in terms of director of football coming in. I think he's coming in as the CEO and he himself wants to have a look at the whole picture before he decides on making right. This is the way uh, I believe. Because like I say, in his, in his interview, he talked about, he's already spoken to clubs in Europe mm-hmm. He's already, like I say, referenced uh, Sevilla and Brentford. So he's looking at their pictures, their models, and seeing if that can be implemented. And uh, I believe, personally, that that is what's going to happen. It just might take a wee bit longer than what we thought. Because, like I say, the the youth development is another massive area that needs an overhaul. He comes across, Barry, as uh, someone who's actually already well-known across Europe, maybe just because of his links to Robbie and stuff like that. But... Like for a new CEO to come in and make contact with Seville and stuff like that, like like he already seems to kind of have contacts uh, within the game, doesn't he? Well, absolutely, and that's just sort of due diligence point. Not somebody mm. that's good at their job, somebody that's wanting to come in and make a difference. He realizes that he needs to make his mark, uh, and, and you know what? There's no better time to do it because the club is at a stage where it isn't even revamped, it isn't even restructured. So, you know, we talk about a blank canvas, uh, you know, with Big Ange. It's a blank, blank canvas for Dominic Mackay as well. Probably a bigger one, because Big Ange will focus on, uh, you know, the first team squad and elements of the youth development, whereas Dominic Mackay will need to have a look at the whole... I mean, you talked about uh, engagement. Already, you know, we've got a, a supporters media conference. You know, I, I can't ever recall having mm-hmm. supporters, you know, having a voice and going and, and asking the question right away there's a bit of progress and he's not even started the role. Uh, but no, I was very impressed. He, he seems like a guy that's really excited to be in this role. He, you know, there was some 
photos doing the rounds uh, and looking at Ange when he's taking his hands and a wee glint in his eye and a wee smile on his face. You know, he, he looks like a guy that's that's absolutely delighted to be the chief executive of a Glasgow Celtic. And, and, and even like that, like he looks like a guy who, like, that's, it's actually, the, the impression I'm getting off uh, Dominic McCoy and uh, I go to Mike with this is Mike, that it's actually a real cope for Celtic to get a manager like B. Gange, ain't this? Yeah, I just like the way that, like you say, Mackay comes across. Mm-hmm. I'm not wanting to try and demean football in any way, but um, you can tell that he comes from rugby in the sense of the respect. Just the, the way rugby presents itself to mm-hmm. compare to football, it's a totally different, obviously it's a totally different sport, but the way that they treat each other on the pitch and off the pitch, is, it's just a respectful game. Mm-hmm. It's already shown in the weeks that he's been at Celtic that he's bringing that into Celtic. Oh, he, he must have got the job for a reason. Exactly. Um, and like you say, I've said again, like the talking's over. Over now. And like going by what Andrew said about about his football, like a few counters, like what can we expect from your teams? And he said we can expect attacking, fast, scoring goals. We fear no team. We go out every game that we want to win, and we won't stop until the last minute. You know, that's that's a win already, Michael, even listening to him, like, but it's to get those the players in that he wants to implement the way he wants to play in this. I'm just excited to see winners again. Mm-hmm. Like, no uh, I say that loads of times on here and I'm probably boring people, but... No, but we're the same. Like, I can't believe Celtic had no wingers this season. Like, I, I just couldn't believe it, like... You know, like there's obviously another guy that we're linked to today. One, of, I think he's actually the quickest, well, the quickest player in the area division. That Gerano, Gerano Kerk, I think his name is from Utrecht, the winger. Yes, nineteen-year-old Faravantes. The players that are getting, the players that are obviously are getting linked and signing them is different. But if that's the kind of players that they're getting linked to, then that's a, that's a good enough start. Good enough start for me. Um, I just, I, I'm just, I'm excited for, for the football, um, like that under Lennon, like the going into Scott Brown, back to the centre back, back to Brown, full back, Brown defender. It was just sideways, sideways, sideways. Mhm. Um, I don't think we're going to have. I think we're going to see a totally different style of play. Like we might, we might see Glinsford, I think in pre-season and the qualifiers because he said that you know that you might see glimpses of it but he says come the new season he said you're going to see a totally different Celtic team than, than, than what you're used to you I, think the, I think a lot of the players will get a shock um, mm-hmm. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Where, like, the fitness levels, you're going to need to play the style of football that he wants. Now, that's like, that's like, Lee Griffiths on the corner making himself sick because he can't keep up with us. Well, this is what I was going to say. It's make or break for like guys like Roger yes. and Griffiths and stuff because if they're not able to get to the levels that he wants, then they'll just be punted. I mean, like, mm-hmm. this is, I, I want Griffiths to stay. I've, I've said it loads of times, but this is the last chance to win for players like that. And I, 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 like, regarding Roger and not. I'll come to Roger next down the line, choose to just leave Roger at that there, right? I'll come to Roger because I have him down in the, the things there. Matthew was saying something there? No, it's all right, Paul, because it's about Rogic anyway. That, we, 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 we come down to that. Just tapping out off, off, off Griffiths there, uh, Barry. They, there was contact between the, the two lads and myself and Mark spoke this the other day. But one thing that pissed me off this week with, with Griffiths is what is that... He didn't have to come out and get involved with this crap again with Neil Lennon. Do you know, he, he, Griffiths now should just stop, get his head right, and if he wants a new contract, get himself fit and, and show Ange what, what he can do. Well, without a doubt, Paul, um, and it looks like he's been doing it, because he's been going in and he's been mm-hmm. working all through the summer, you know, you've seen all this. However, you know, if somebody's sniping at you, Mm-hmm. You know, like, like you said that, that Lee Griffiths doesn't have to get involved And I understand what you're saying Paul But for me, Neil Lennon doesn't have to come away with his comments Oh, we don't know And I think Neil Lennon that started it by talking No, but what we're saying now is that Griffiths came out, gave his point But, but Griffiths now should just let it out Because Lennon, they came out with another pop Then again, Griffiths now should just throw Lennon to the side now Do you know what I mean? Teddy said just be the bigger man now. Griffiths should be. I don't know. It's just petty childness. Lennon. He's just yeah. mm-hmm. some of the stuff he's come out with in the last couple of weeks is just uh, nothing was nothing was his fault. It was everybody. No, I I agree, Matt. And, and you know what? Like I say, I've sung Neil Lennon's praises many times on this podcast. I'm I'm different. I just don't understand these consistent no. throwing throwing people under the bus and deflecting away from. Not once has he turned round at any point. And said, you know what, last season, I got that one. You know, yes. I need to hold my hands up and say a lot of it was me. No, it seemed it was the Scottish government's fault. It was Bolly Ball and Goalie's fault. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you, you know, Lee Griffiths's fault. You know, everybody but himself. But you no, know, going back to your point, you know, Lee Griffiths now, you know, as a new manager coming in, his full focus should be mm-hmm. on because he's still not signed a contact yet. No, so his full it. focus should be on looking at the season ahead and pressing Big Ange in the early parts of pre-season really sort of pushing forward because Big Andy said in his press conference he's going to get an opportunity mm-hmm. you know but uh, Andy real knows what he's done for the club in the past he knows the player that he can be it's now up to Lee Griffiths as we've said before it's up to him himself to show the manager actually I am here I am a good option for you play me because uh, yeah. like we'll, we all know what Lee Griffiths can do you get him on the party you get him in a good frame of mind you get him fit he's going to score you goals he's going to score you a lot of goals because like he said like he said that I don't want to talk about last season with the boys. Last season was last season. This is a new era for me. Everyone has a clean slate. Everyone needs to take their chance. If if you don't take your chance, well, then you won't be coming on this journey with me. So it's up to every player 
to to take this to take it by the hand that is what I'm trying to say, you know? Uh, absolutely. Well, like you said, it's a clean slate. So guys who maybe weren't or, or in, the, in and around the squad or some of the younger players, I mean, I think you talked about there's a lot of the youth players just now mm-hmm. playing with the first team because they sort of, the, the numbers are depleted with, you know, international sure, yeah, It's players. an opportunity for them, Barry. Yeah, yeah they just don't have players as well. You know, all the lone guys are away back. We've lost the captain uh, and the international boys are, are getting an extended break. So there's a lot of young boys. So this is an opportunity for every single player on the on the roster of the football club to come in and impress that manager and he's all he's talked about it in his press conferences. It doesn't matter anybody's age, if they come in and they're mm-hmm. impressing, they'll be in and around the first team. Exactly. So, you know, your players that were on the periphery last year, your your Soros, your maybe Ewan Henderson's other guys who, who weren't, you know, getting regular game time, great opportunity for them to come and impress that manager because as far as he's concerned he, it's a clean slate for everybody. He'll know a bit of background about a lot of the players. He won't know about some. But, like I say, a great opportunity for everybody to come in, really impress the manager, really get a good pre-season under their belt and, and force their way into this first-team squad, force their way into that first team. And once they're there, it's then mm-hmm. up to them to sort of stay there, perform at a level that's going to keep them there. It's, 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 it's like what Mark always says about uh, what Roy Keane said, Mark. It's up to you to show the manager... I'm not going to be dropped, isn't it? Oh, that's hard. You've got to train train as hard as you can, as best as you can, and give 100% in games. And prove mm-hmm. to the manager that you can't... You know what I'm, I mean? Roy Keane's attitude was, I'm Roy Keane. You, you're, no, you're no dropping me. I'll prove to you you can't drop me. And he, mm-hmm. he did, you know what I mean? That's the way every player should go. Get into, get into every training session and every game, Paul, to give 100%. 100%. Exactly. Just Mark, I'll stick with yourself. Like uh, Anne said, that if a young system works well at Celtic, it'll be a great start. It'll be a special time for the club, as every club loves to see a young player breaking into the first team. He said he's a big believer in the club, and that, as Barry quoted there, that currently there are a lot of Celtic youngsters training with him at the moment because of the lack of numbers within the first team. It's a great opportunity, Mark, already seeing uh, young players training under the new manager already that they're, they're already kind of, he's already kind of, is he, is he maybe, what should I say, like, uh, like Klopp and Gladiola will have the youth system kind of merely play the same way throughout, like Liverpool do and Man City do, that if these young players have to come in, they'll be to go straight into this the system? I definitely think that's something that... Mm-hmm. Any big club should be really doing, Paul. Do you know what I mean? It's if you're producing players. Well, Angie's went on about players to, to will buy into his way of playing and his way of thinking. That mm-hmm. you've got to produce players that are going to fit into his way of thinking and his way of planning things. And that's so I think it, I think it's quite important to have that kind of yeah. Because if you have injuries, Mark, or anything like that, like that, you already have a young player that you don't have to disrupt your own system, that that young player will automatically just fit into that position in this, you know, it's a benefit, like. Look at all the teams you've mentioned, Man City, they're doing it, Bar- Barcelona have done it for years, Ajax have done it for years, and they're bringing these players through to play their, their style of football, they're coaching and progressing these players to play a certain kind of game. I mean, it's, don't get us wrong, they're top-class players, and 
they'll be able to play for most teams in the world, but they're all, they're mm-hmm. to play for the Barcelona or the Ajax. Why? And I think that's the way that Celtic should be going. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, you, are, are you encouraged about him? The way he talks about uh, the youth system that at the moment they're, they're training with him and it's a benefit to the club if we can start producing our, our young players again. It's about time, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than like Kieran Tierney and when you go back to McGee, they haven't produced anything in years. No. Like, and that's, I mean, they're not trying to tell me in the whole academy in years past there hasn't been a player there. But um, just touching back on Neil Lennon, um, I think it was only Stevie Wonder that I think sorry, I think even Stevie Wonder was able to see that it was Lennon last season. Eh? So I don't mm-hmm. know what he's trying to do in the media, trying to play it off as exactly playing everybody else and himself. And how many times last season, like you know, this is more on Kennedy, did a youth player come in? I can't remember what the fullback's name was. In that Montgomery. Last yeah, Montgomery, and that came in and did a job and was outstanding, but yet he just got dropped right away. They're giving you a chance. They're not giving you a chance because the guy was good enough to give you a decision, and you just put it out with him the next game. Exactly. With that on Lennon there, Mikey. Right, mind after the Fenner Carvis game, is that how you say Fenner Carvis game? Why is he not come out and expanded on that? He came out. Named the players who want to leave, Mark. Yeah, exactly. Singular wee pops at Neil Lee Griffiths. Why not come out and tell us what this problem was back? When, yeah, in August, and then, that and tell us what players he felt let him down. Well, where did he cross it, Mark? Well, where did he cross this? Ex- something circumstances or something like that? He said one this. But it was basically, he was saying there was players that didn't want to be here. Well, come out and tell us who that was. I mean, we're all moaning at Ed, Edward and that. Well, we don't even know. It might be uh, someone who actually don't know, Mark. And this year, exactly. We know that he wanted to leave, and it didn't happen. But I mean, did, did did he go in as much as a huff as we all were all blaming him for? Why come out and just? Go? I mean, it's basically he putting the blame in the last season at Lee Griffiths' door. Why? Exactly. And, and just just touching on uh, Lee Griffiths, um, I'm a massive fan of the guy. And obviously, he's had his problems and that, which again I blamed him as much as anybody, but. I like like looking at it from a player's perspective, and I certainly didn't play at any level like that. But if a manager or an ex-manager comes out and has a pop at you, I think you're quite within your right to to defend yourself. And as Griffith said, he was good enough for the bench. So how was he not good enough? Yeah, that? he was fit enough. No, that's that's what I was saying. Like I was saying, look, Griffiths came out and he, he gave his part though, but for this for the good of for the good sake of Griffiths was that he should just. Forget about me letting know like he defended himself back and just concentrate on getting his own career back back in track, Michael, you know? I think it's just the uh, for the sake of Neil Lennon as well. I think he needs to just calm he it down and just because he's just he making a reputation in, in the club. Well, he's already made a reading of himself last season then. He's just he's just he's just adding to that with the comments in the press and whether he's got talk about the Euros or something. I mean, there's a big massive European tournament going on just now. He didn't need to always talk about Celtic. Okay? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I mean, it's time to move on for everybody. I'm, I'm glad Griffiths, like you said, came out and defended himself. Well, it's a right to but defend himself, without a doubt, but move now on. Now it's time to move on, yeah. Now it's time to Lee move Griffiths, on, yeah. if Lennon wants to keep one of them pops, let him, it just makes Lennon look even more childish and petty. Griffiths needs to concentrate on himself now and get himself back into 
a state of fitness or whatever. But Especially considering Mark, the qualifiers are coming up soon. And oh. if Edward leaves before then, like a yes, he's only fit forward. Well, and I won't be comfortable with the yes going into the qualifiers, would you? No, I wouldn't. No, that's something one of the boys said earlier. don't know if it was Mikey or uh, Barry that said that about uh, what positions we need to strengthen and that. But it's right, I, I agreed with the centre-back and right-back. But, I mean, if Edward's either planning to go or going uh, away by then, we're really doing it to the bare bones up front as well. Mm-hmm. Could, uh, it would be a big push to bring in a new striker, a centre-back, a right-back in the next couple of weeks. But, as I said, if Edward's even planning and moving, not planning seeing a contract, do we want to play him in the qualifiers? So it would be doing to like Griffiths and a Yeti. Well, like I said, even if Edward does play in the qualifiers, it's not like he's going to be cup tied or that, is it? No, but that 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 move that move is gone. No, Mark, you were saying on this. Oh, but would you trust him in it? I well, I trust him over. Like that was a good point that somebody brought up that I'll be the yeti actually, because I actually and this is no other. I actually forgot about him. Like, mm-hmm. h- like how is he not been like? I understand like we say we can't get rid of everybody, but surely he's on the list to get moved on. Exactly, but considering the way. Ange plays and he expects a high tempo of his team. And what we've seen of Yessi, he never looked fit. I couldn't see him fit into Ange's system. Why could you? Yeah, I think that was the most ironic thing that everybody like this is now. I understand Griffiths wasn't the fit and he had his problems and that, but did people watch that Yeti when he came on since from very first came to sell to the end? Mm-hmm. That he guy never... so unfit. He looked and, over the everything, right? And people always blame, like you say, the fitness and that, and I understand there's obviously problems within Celtic last season. But surely it's a bit down to the individual as well, well to realise, like, well after the season. It didn't have a pre-season. No, I mean, I'd put it down to that. I've said it on previous podcasts. It never had a pre-season, and I thought it'd have been a bit behind everybody else. But you're expecting come the end of September at the latest for me to the kind of level with the rest of the squad but it just never seemed to be fit all season you need to knock your fan in at that level of football and I don't right. think the, the guy in my opinion didn't feel like he wanted to be there in the first place and he was kind of pushed into it and it showed in his attitude throughout the whole time in the last season do you know what I didn't like about our, our transfer policies and I think like we watched the Yesi maybe three years ago when he was with Basel and he was scoring the Swiss League. He was younger then. He was two years younger. He was probably fitter. And, uh, like, we, we seem to be kind of going back all the time to kind of all targets, Barry. Do you know what I mean? We're never looking outside the box than what we previously looked at. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're being linked now again with Eric Shevchenko maybe coming back to the club. But he was limited to in pace. Do you know? You there, Barry? I'm sorry, is that... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, fans have got their opinions on every single target that that we have. Um, for me, I, I was not, I was never a huge fan of Sviachenko. Um, I think he used to give away a hell of a lot of fouls. And, mm-hmm. You know, he was never for me the greatest defender. But I, I think a lot of it's just paper talk, to be honest with you, Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, as we know, just now we've not got a chief scout. There will be a, a number of targets on a list. Mm-hmm. Currently working away on doing it, but you know, Celtic have always kept their cards close to their chest when it comes to transfer exactly. party. And the, the paper stuff takes something. So what they tend to do is they tend to go and revisit 
players that have been linked exactly. with. Exactly. It tends to be the way that they do things. Um, so uh, a lot of the reports of players that you know were being linked with, I've never really bought into. You know, the, the, the Croatian defender, Vuskovic, there's a brand new name that, that exactly. haven't been linked with. And it looks like, I was just actually having a wee look on the side there, I look, they're reporting that he could be coming in. I, I know I've said it, but the, the sign is very imminent, which which is obviously good news. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, that's always been the case, Paul. You know, we'll probably link with James McCarthy. People are going about, I mean, that young boy's only 19, isn't he? Nineteen, yeah. Uh, wait, just wait till you see on the forum. Oh, here we go, another project. No, but this fella, yeah. this fella is supposed yeah. to be. Uh, this fella is yeah. a honey regard, Mark, in, yeah. in the. When you're, when you're, when you're, yeah. players, don't take you're away from five million pounds. You're exactly. Five million pounds. It's not a project. He'll come in to be a starter for Celtic. Granted, he's a young guy, but you're not going to put five million pounds worth of player on your yeah. bench or. or <laughs> in your development team. So, I mean, Stylian Petrov was 19 when he came in. He made a massive impact. We just need to hope that, that this guy's the same. Mikey's done his research on him. I, I've not uh, had an opportunity to do that yet, but he seems very highly regarded. And listen, if Celtic, if Celtic are willing to fork out £5 million for him, you know, they'll have done their homework as well. Yeah. So, the, 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 for me, that would be a positive sign and one of the problem areas that uh, you know that, that we have at the minute where Big Andrew himself has said there's a couple of positions that they're really in need of strengthening very soon uh, so that that would take care of that but yeah going back to your previous point we'll probably be linked to a number of players that have been linked in the past like James McCarthy's and you know guys like that mm-hmm. and it tends to be every transfer window for me that's just journalists that, that's what they do it's like when the man's manager's vacancy comes up, one name that's always linked as Keane, like so, it's ridiculous, like maybe Stuart Baxter. You mind it? Every time so looking for a manager, Stuart Baxter's name came up. Was he not in Japan for a wee while as well? Was he not or, or, or in Asia somewhere uh, managing back in the day? I think he was. Now that you mention it, it I'm sure he was travelled anyway. He was up, wasn't he? Scandinavia and that as well. Like, I'm sure he managed in Sweden or something like that. But uh, there was a name that used to get every time there was a manager, uh, managerial vacancy itself. His name would always crop up. <coughs> so, so that's it from the, the first interview. Uh, before we move on to the next interview, which was by the fans' uh, media, uh, Michael, there will just give us uh, an update on the match, Michael. Sorry, just before we went out again. Baxter managed in Japan four times. <laughs> Was he? Aye. He's, now he's managing in South Africa. Was he still, still kicking a bit? Just joined the Kaiser Chiefs as manager. I thought he'd have been dead. I thought he'd have been I thought he would have been dead. He ages with you, Mark. He's 67. Still a pup. <laughs> Um, yeah, on the charity football match, um, we've got 31 guys that are 100% confirmed. Um, everybody knows the venue is the Falkirk Stadium on the 18th of July. Um, I've got kits sorted now. Um, I'm hoping that the supplier will be in touch soon. I've hopefully got a sponsorship for them, but I'll know by the end of next week. So what I'm hoping to do is the guys that are 100% confirmed, they'll get their name on the back of the tops and... It'll be up to them if they want to buy it. 
I hope you ordered tunnels at XXL lads. <laughs> went for L large and XL. <laughs> I hope you have good good and, and easy surnames. And what I'm hoping for is like you said, if guys are wanting their names on the buck, that if they can come commit to buying the kit for whatever price that we can come to and then mm-hmm. that money also goes to the NHS. Obviously because exactly. if you get you get your name on the back of the kit then it kinda it's not like it can be moved on and stuff. The only problem I've got is uh, seems to be he's getting a referee. Um, I had a referee lined up, but that kind of fell away. So I've kind of. Che- if anybody knows a referee, get in touch with on the forum or even drop me an email at ed007 at live.co.uk and I'll get you in touch with Mikey. Get that sorted out. Um, yeah, um, the donations are, I think it's currently sitting at just under £300, which is great. But um, I think we need to the guys that are, that are spe- especially participate in it to maybe get um, and move on, so to say, and get the, 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 the donations in. I don't know if Barry's got anything to add on that. Or... Yeah, I'd just like to come in, guys. Obviously, uh, we're, we're aware now of this charity football match. Absolutely brilliant cause. Um, Mikey's put in a hell of a lot of hard work trying to get this thing organised in terms of bodies, venues. He had to make phone call after phone call. Uh, and you know, like, like I say, it's going to be a great occasion. You know, it's great that we're going to get a, a game of football. It's great that you know a lot of us on the forum are going to get an opportunity to meet each other and stuff. But I think we need to remember this is it's a charity game and it's to raise mm-hmm. money for a brilliant cause. You know, the NHS. Uh, obviously, they've went through a tough time the last eighteen months. I'm, I'm sure we can all testify in some capacity. I'm sure we've all, uh, you know, been affected by this COVID or not even COVID. You know, we've all had our ailments over the years and stuff but uh, so I think you know what was it's a, a great opportunity for, for a game of football to meet so that we need to sort of focus on trying to raise this money and get this these donations up as as far as possible uh, you know to those who have already donated a, a massive thank you it's great that we're up at the 300 pound mark but I would say a, a real special sort of impetus and focus on the guys who are participating you know to go out and get sponsors uh, get donations I appreciate some people are maybe not in a great position to do that, but even if you want to make a donation yourself, by all means, make a small donation yourself. Me, myself, I'm going old school. I printed off an old sponsorship form, and I'm going around family, friends, and colleagues to try and get sponsors and get that up. Because, like I say, Barry, I could we maybe it... could we maybe get them printed out for the lads that are, that are playing, and maybe get their get get them to email. Michael or, or, or Mark their, their addresses and we can may, maybe post them out to them and get them to do that. Just get a document up and we'll just we could email Email, email it to them. To be honest mate it's just a very I just, it's just a basic sponsor form template you get you get them online. Was, like that, to, yeah. was, that, was that from your Dundee days when they went oh. into liquidation? Ah <laughs> uh, yeah there is a couple of pounds would be good um, but but yeah, not like I say. I just went on because I, I'm not great with you know just giving and things like that. So I thought I'll do it old school the way that I know best and just print mm-hmm. off. And, and like I say, you know, especially the guys who are participating. You know, it's, it's great that we've got thirty odd people, um, you know, coming along to this charity event. But you know, uh, the fact it's NHS, like I say, I, I don't think there's anybody that would turn their nose up to donate to the NHS because it's been a tough eighteen months. You know, anybody that's got family or friends working for the NHS. Or indeed that that have suffered and had to you know have the care at NHS. I'm sure we can all testify to do a fantastic job 
Uh, and so, really, whilst it's a great game in my football, great opportunity to meet each other, you know, if we can focus on trying to get that number, you know, the, the, the number amount of money we raise up as high as possible, would be brilliant. And like I say, just a few minutes of your time to go out and speak to family and friends uh, and maybe even colleagues to, to make a, a donation to... Uh, to this game, to this charity match, and really try and push and get get the amount of money we raise for them as much as we can. It would be fantastic. And the link, the link to the donations page is in the description box below, sir. Get it shared on your Facebook and Twitter and things like that as well, guys. Because that all helps. If you share it on Facebook, it's it's your it's your friends and family that are seeing it and ask them to share it as well. As Barry says, it's a really cause. Yeah. NHS, well. We've all had to deal with them, and well, some of the grief we've had to put up with over the years and things like that, and the hassle of people, of the people, they do a fantastic job, and they don't really get a lot of appreciation. Although it's changed a lot over over the years with this pandemic, I think we've actually grew to appreciate them a lot more. Mm-hmm. So it's, really, it's a great cause, and the money goes straight to them. There's no, there's a wee charges for the the site that hosts it. Uh, the donations page, but apart from that, every single penny raised is going straight to the NHS. So, do us a favour and share the link with that, lads. It'd be great. Uh, reflecting the wages, Martin, well, that the NHS, like Kevin uh, Werner and Barry, and that's also in the NHS, but reflecting the wages, like says, that they don't get paid enough, especially after what they've all been through. So, if we're going to get together and raise a bit of money to contribute towards helping them out. I mean, it's great. Like you say, football comes second in this case, and as long as a lot of people realise that, it's all about the charity first. Uh, that's that. So do we kind of link up so trying to get these sponsor cards out, Mark, and maybe that, that might help people kind of raise some funds. Uh, thanks for that, Michael. I think, sorry, before we move on, yeah. I think, like you say, regarding, like, Barry's doing it old school, but I think we're, like, I would probably like to say that probably 95% of the guys that are Participating in the match, um, it's the the best way to get donations is just social media. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys, like I say, and different like Barry's different, like I say, because in the workplaces he's like based in the hospital and stuff, and that a lot of guys maybe not got that opportunity to work. So the easiest the easiest way to get donations is purely just share it with your family and friends and share it via social media, so it gets as much exposure as possible. Mm-hmm. So. Perfect. We'll move on. Yeah. Yep. So the next up was before Ange and Dominic McCoy was the, the fans media where the fans got their chance uh, to ask Ange and Dominic McCoy questions. Michael, I suppose this is the first tips uh, Dominic McCoy has maybe in rebuilding the relations between the club and the fans that has been deteriorating over the last couple of years. Yeah, it was a good thing, but like I said, if you actually want to listen to it, like some of the fans' questions, mm-hmm. how, how they actually made it into that conference, I'll never know. Like, like asking them about referees and like Ange about referees that only support one club and that. Like, why would like Celtic supporters like, Mowbray. suppose that? Mowbray. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, like, some of the questions that were going to ask, I just couldn't believe it. And it was the first one, Tane. I thought, oh, this is. I watched it back. I watched it back. Uh, I watched it back today. I clicked into YouTube to watch it back, and that question was edited out of it. Out of it. It's still on the one I sent you, Mikey, on that. Is it Vimeo or Vimeo? Vimeo, yeah. 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 I just made your skin crawl, I hear that. 
I, I, all the questions to ask somebody that just came to the club, why would you ask that? Mm-hmm. And all the questions that you could possibly ask, you waste it on that. Just absolute nonsense. Eh? I suppose, like, moving on from that stupid question, I kind of kept away from that, but I knew it was going to come up anyway, so... But it's, it's, it's a stepping stone, isn't it? Like, John McCoy being a Celtic fan himself, he knew firsthand, maybe, that there was a lack of uh, communication between the fans and the board, Michael. Yeah, but there's definitely... Well, there's been a gap for years and years and years. I think Celtic fans need to realise as well that like Celtic is a football club. So it's not like this isn't like just your wee hometown club that you can invite anybody in and do. They've got to realise there's got to be certain boundaries between mm-hmm. the club and the fans as well. Like you say, it's great that the club, the fans are getting a say now. But we've always had a say. But this is maybe a, a small step into bridging a large gap that is between the fans and the club at the moment. So. Marcus, going back to us, Ed, Ed too was telling you like there's there's certain things like that the club will never disclose to the fans like so the fans can't be expecting to find out about transfers and budgeting and stuff like that you know. Uh, this has been we were talking about Chelsea letting fans into board meetings and things like that. I asked Ed too about it. And basically, it's just a kind of pat in the head kind of thing, Paul, because. Fans seem to think that the Celtic board, not just Celtic board, all boards are all be sitting round a table saying, oh, what if we sign this guy? Oh, could we not sign him? That's half these Celtic board meetings and football board meetings. They would bore you to death, probably, Paul. Mm-hmm. Monotony mm-hmm. stuff. And plus, as well, they're covered with uh, stock market rules of what they can disclose, non-disclosure agreements that get signed, board confidentiality, the fiduciary or fiduciary duties, I can't pronounce that either, but fiduciary duties it's called now. So, I mean, there's a difference between just having these wee cosy press conferences and letting the fans have access to the inner workings of the club. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's, I've said it on the forum. It's how, how's this going to go forward? This fan engagement, like what we saw the other day with the fans' uh, press conference kind of thing. I mean, do you need to kind of toe the line to keep being invited to these things? I mean, what's what's it what's it going to be going forward? Is it just going to be the same? We select people that are there all the time. Well, I don't think. Uh, I mean, John, the you, the I, club won't be there anyway. I don't think. <laughs> you, I, uh, John, mm-hmm. here he's messaged into the forum asking me why I was there, and I was like, oh, just we're not big. To me, Paul, we're not big enough to be invited to things like that. Maybe, maybe it's because we're not as vocal on see, like Twitter and things. I mean, we spoke about that. None of the two really get Twitter and how to promote our so-called brand or whatever you want to call it. But I don't know how... So it must have been an invite only and it must be through a kind of popularity competition. But it'll be interesting for it going forward because it is a kind of new thing for Celtic to have these mm-hmm. kind of open sessions because everyone was a couple of guys... That, used to get invited in for tea and biscuits with Peter Lowe and then the next thing that what Peter Lowe wanted was getting passed about the Celtic community and things like that. But if it's only going to be the same people, I think it could just become another wee cliquey kind of set. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and a lot of things, I will actually try and find out how to, do you know what I mean, how you get invited to them or that because well, if you don't, if you don't get there, you. Exactly. Exactly. Like, 
a lot of the questions were relatively the same as what the media, sorry, excuse me, were, were asking, but Barry Gaines was asked about his backroom team, but he answered it differently this way than he did to the media. He said the club, uh, the club will now be walking in a different way. We'll be training in a different way, and things will be different now with Celtic uh, from 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 when I started. Uh, there will be changes, but it doesn't really mean people will be will be leaving. It's more of people coming in to approve the backroom team. And again, uh, he he went he went on to say, it's 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 my decision, my decision only. I trust my decisions. If I feel the backroom staff are up to it, feeling good, they 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 be they be in the wrong first team, but there will be backroom staff more than likely coming in. Sorry? Yeah, I mean, what I kind of took from that is that my belief is that Ange will sort of get his feet under the table at the club. Exactly. You know, he's got a, a, an important few weeks ahead in a lot of areas, you know, like, and first of all, pre-season training, then he's got the matches, then we'll have the uh, Champions League qualifier, uh, as well as, you know, the, there's going to be recruitment, recruiting players and players going out the door. So it's going to be... You'll be stupid as well by the Joel Kendi and Strachan over when you don't have your own backroom team in as well, uh, wouldn't you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What that tells me is what I think is I think he is going to bring in his own guys. Mm-hmm. And it's then going to be up to John Kennedy what he wants to do because if John Kennedy decides that, you know, he stays on or if Anne says, well, listen, you can be part of this, I think he'll kind of be pushed further down the, the, the pecking mm-hmm. order. You know, I, I think if Ange brings in uh, an assistant manager and a first-team coach, potentially, maybe even two first-team coaches, who knows? They, they, there's three of his own guys as well as Kennedy and Strachan. I don't... How, how's that going to help Kennedy? Not... not don't, don't want to sound the wrong way. Not, But how's that going to help Kennedy's progression in football? You know, I'm not really interested, if I'm perfectly honest, which sounds a bit harsh, but, you know, my focus is on here and now, and that's uh, Big Ange and, and the Celtic team. John Kennedy's future isn't really my concern, but I just think he'll, he's going to get pushed further down the pecking order. It well, it's a benefit to it's a, it's a benefit to Ange as well, uh, Barry, because like we're going to have our own a different way of where the club is going to be running the first team, and to do that, you, you'd want your own kind of coaches in around you who know all your philosophies, don't you? He said that. He said that mm-hmm. himself. He's going to bring in the people that he believes are. I think he's just pulling the same direction as him. I think yeah. that's a direct quote he said. You know, he's going to appoint the people that know him that are going to pull in the same direction and take the club and the team in the direction that he wants to go. So, from from both sets of press conferences, I kind of took that it wouldn't surprise me if John Kennedy wasn't going to be part of his future going forward because I think the easy thing would have been to say, listen, you know, that they're here at the club just now, that there'll be good input, they'll really give me a help. And he never said that. And I'm not saying no. that, that they won't, but he never sort of indicated that they are going to stay. Time will tell what's going to happen, but like I say, my taking from Ange's words are that I think he's initially going to run with them, probably do his own thing and basically try and get them on board. However, once he's got his feet under the table and once he really establishes himself and gets a feel for the club, I think you'll then see him appointing uh, his own sort of coaching staff and backroom staff. Mm-hmm. Mark? 
Do you think it's vital that maybe Ange brings in his own backroom staff, have the the staff working that he knows and he can trust? Oh, I don't think well, obviously um, it's vital, but as we've said, it's there, benefit to him, like in, uh, to be. But I've said that Hunter, it's, mm-hmm. manager should be at least allowed to pick their number two. Mm-hmm. He's somebody you've got a kind of relationship with, kind of thing. And as for Kennedy as well, I mean, but uh, Barry said there, but Kennedy, see if he get kept on. For me, it would only be a reason that it would be like if looking at it as like a chain of command, it'd be like third or fourth in the chain of command and he would only be kept on because he's knowledge of Scottish football I think that would be one of the things but do you know what any, I mean mm-hmm. Anne should ask him about any team in Scotland and Kennedy should know all, all about them basically like when John Collins came in with Ronnie that was his kind of the, his encyclopedia of the Scottish game was meant to be John Collins I think that was I do think Angel Bing and his own staff at least, at least, at least one other coach, like is his assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry, uh, Michael, I'm going to come to you, seeing as you 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 discussed with ago, Tom Roderick, uh said uh, he was asked about Tom Roderick and would he see him at Celtic next season? And said, look, Tom's a player I know well. I've worked with him with the Australian team. Tom had his injuries over the years. Uh, my job is to get him up to that level again the way he was when I had him in Australia but Tom's always kind of struggled with injuries he said can you see the Tom Roderick's fitness levels coming up on the edge or is this just gone too far now with Tom Roderick picking up injuries after every game yeah, I don't think so like, under Brendan Rodgers he wasn't any different either was he mm-hmm. maybe a tad more fitter but like you said, the whole time at Celtic, I don't know how many managers he's actually played under now, but he's never showed any under any of the managers that he was fit and... In fact, like, he himself had problems with him in the national team. Yeah, so I just don't know why. Like, I, I understand like, what people say. He is a good player when he wants, like maybe one out of ten games, but I just don't see how, even as a squad player, he's any use. Like, because mm-hmm. he's always, like he says, he is, and he's never going to be a starter. And the only way you, you get Mark Sharpness in that is starting games, is it? Like, I just don't see it. And I understand that like, the, the son of the record or whatever it was that reported that Ange was going to build. Ange never once says that he was going to build a team in Tom Roger. Mm-hmm. And, and if that was the case, that would be a major worry. I just. Even though, like. I, Postacoglu knows knows him himself. I wouldn't be surprised if he was moved on near the end of the transfer window if uh, Postacoglu gets in all the players that he wants. Just because he's worked for him before doesn't mean that he's going to keep him. Just bad. Barry, what's your take on Roger? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, what the the style that that Bagan has said that he plays. You know, he's never shied away from the fact that he said that himself. The words that came out of his mouth, he likes a high tempo. Yes. He likes to press hard. That's not Tom Rogic's. No. I can't see where he fits into that at all. He says he plays a 4-3-3 system. It tends to be his favourite formation. Where does Tom Rogic play in a 4-3-3 system? I, I just can't see a future for Tom Rogic, if I'm perfectly honest. And like uh, Mark and, and Mikey both alluded to, he said himself when you heard him in Australia, he had problems with his body. Mm-hmm. And you know something, if, if, if the level of intensity 
that uh, Big Andrew is going to introduce into his uh, training regime and in his um, you know match play, that's only probably going to hinder uh, Tom Rogic's body even further. You know, so exactly. Considering like up. when he had him with Australia, maybe when was that? Maybe five, five, six years ago. Did yeah, the last five time? or six years ago. Yeah, he was he managed and, and, in the 2014 World yeah, Cup. Yeah, and he was still struggling with injury then. Yeah. Do you know, like, mm-hmm. as you get well, older, Barry, it's hard to recover from these injuries that you're kind of picking up over the years. The body takes that little bit longer to recover, doesn't it, from well, injuries? It, like? it, it does. And the fact that he's been injury played right through his career, yes. even as a young man, it's not going to stand him in good stead. So, like I say, if, if our intensity levels are about to increase, and, you know, going slightly off piece here, there was a, um, I think it was a Japanese guy who said, uh, a player that, that played for, for Big Ange, he said that the Celtic players need to get used to the intensity that's about to hit them. He says, when he first came into us, it took us a while to get used to his intensity, intensive training levels. He says, but once we did, he says, our fitness and our general play rocketed. So, like I say, if that's what's about to happen at Celtic, which we all hope it does, because that's exactly what we want to see, I just don't think Tom Rogic has a place there, if I'm perfectly honest. Well, can uh, you see Tom Rogic attacking from the front? He can't even attack when he doesn't have the ball. I, I could see him being your, 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 your like he, he does the high press defend. You know, he he, he defends from from the top. Like I couldn't see Tom Rogic being defended no, from the top. No, and he does it. And, and by the sounds of it, you know, the the, the Big Andrew's going to want the players pressing hard. Mm-hmm. You know, high pressing is what he said. Tom Rogic, like I'm not disrespecting the guy. I've never actually seen him sprinting to close a player down. It's just not his game. So no. I, I, and like I say, he'd mentioned uh, Big Andrew mentioned a four-three-three formation. Where Tom Rogic does not fit in a four-three-three. You're not going to play him in the centre of the park. You're not going to play him wide. I, I, like Mikey, it wouldn't surprise me to see Tom Rogic moved on. And so he almost got a move last summer, didn't he? He was supposed to go to the Middle East somewhere. Didn't quite work out. It wouldn't surprise me if he moves on this summer. Now, like mm-hmm. I say, he's played for Celtic. He's been, what, eight seasons at Celtic and he's played 140 games. Jesus. Like, that's what I mean. You've got the, the, four, the 4 3 3 as it stands right now. You're going to have Sorrell, McGregor, and Dunwell. Mm-hmm. Where's he going to play? He's, he's not going to get again, again. And like you yeah. say, it's the only way you get much fitness is by playing. Like you say, he'll be kept as a player only if um, Ange and whoever else is doing transfers. If they get the players required, he'll know. I don't think he'll be there. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the other thing, Mikey. You know, the, the recruitment, you know, they're looking at the guy Ali McCann. They're talking about the guy Patrick Bear. They're all midfield players. So, you know, they're players that potentially suit the style that the big guys plays, whereas, like I say, Rockets will not fit. You'll not, you'll just not fit into there, in my opinion. I think he'll still be here. I, 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 I thought it was a certainty to leave this summer, but see, you know, and just coming in, I think he'll be here for at least a season. Maybe even just down to the fact that he knows Ange. It's like an, an ally in the dressing room kind of thing. Maybe get him as his assistant manager. <laughs> I think Rogic will be here for next season. If, but what Barry says is right, he's right, like that McCann that was in once when Berg and stuff. If they come in, then that just never mind. Like, like that. Like if that Berg comes in, then Sorrow and that will be the same. Like every, I know I, I I quite rate the guy, but that guy Berg that plays with that I think it's Bodo Limit or something. Mm-hmm. 
he's a different level. Mike said from back, Mark was saying there, lads, when, when you were walking and you were off the podcast and stuff like that, that the likes of Roderick and, and Beaton are taken up as place in the squad as well, like that we could actually have a youngster coming up into the first team, like Luke O'Connell, uh, Oon Henderson. Like, they're taking up a space in the squad if they're not going to be playing 20, 30 games a season, like when a youngster could be playing that as well, Barry, do you know? Yeah, yeah, and maybe we do have too many players mm-hmm. in terms of squad players. I know our squad's a bit depleted at the minute, but the ones that are there, you know, I've seen beat on there, and I've never been a huge fan. And I beat on as well. He's, he's, not he's, not a disaster. Yeah, he's not a bad player, but for me, he's never really held down a position. No. He's not a great centre-half. He doesn't influence a midfield like you would want somebody, a, a midfielder to do so, but... Again, he must have been there a good six, seven years, Beaton. He, he seemed, at one point under Brendan Rodgers, I'd forgot he was there. I think he, he had a bad injury, but I think the, the main thing I remember was the, the whole Kieran, uh, Kieran Tierney. What's happening, Beaton? That, that seemed to be it. Until I seen him there, I forgot that. So, you know, these are guys that have been here for a long time. A long time, yes. You know, exactly. like the comfort, the comfort there, zone, myself and Mark said, like, they're in a comfort zone. Yeah, they never sort of hold down a player yeah. or, you know, make themselves undroppable. You know, Beaton, Rogic, you know, maybe another two or three. They've been there a long time now. It might be time to freshen up. And like you said, like Mark's alluded to before, you know, if you move on these guys, you don't necessarily have to go out and get a like-for-like player. Promote one of the youth guys. Give mm-hmm. these young guys an opportunity to see what they can do. Because whilst your Beatons and your Rogic's and, and these players are hanging around and playing, 15, 20 games a season it's stopping these guys from progressing they're having to try and progress another way so yeah I mean I'd be on board for, for looking to promote rather than like I say for me a beat on you know he's been here a long time now. he's never held down a position he's a kind of bit of a steady Eddie maybe he'll give you a 6 out of 10 sometimes a bit less than that um, but you know like I say he's been here a, a good while now yeah, without really making a fleshed legs in your team and you want fast attacking like if you want your young players Barry as well like being around the first team like Luke O'Connor knows hitting 20-21 like I mean he needs to be taking a stepping stone oh, and he's not going to take that stepping stone if Bison and Roderick are still there do you know what I mean well, like 20-20 well, it's, it's like you guys said they're taking up he's, he's taking up the position in, yeah. in the squad you know they're taking up positions in the squad but it's kind of going back to what we spoke about right at the start of the podcast this is an opportunity for these young guys to mm-hmm. be training every day they, they should, what they should be their mindset should be I'm going to bust a gut here I'm going to really impress the manager I want to be part of the manager's plans I want him to see that I'm good enough to be in this first team squad and get an opportunity in the first team when it arises uh, and, and that's what, what these guys like you look at Connell uh, Ian Henderson Leo Connor all these guys should be doing that. that that's that's what they should... The centre-half, the young centre-half, that held, is it? You put Leo held, yeah, absolutely. Especially what, given that centre-half's a bit a problem position for us. Mm-hmm. You know, whilst, whilst we don't have bodies in the door, you know, unless, like, Viscovich comes in, this, you know, it's an opportunity for them to come in and say, well, actually, you know, I want I want that spot. You know, I'm, granted he's only 17 years old, but, you know, if you've got teams like Leeds United looking at him, you know, you got big raps from John Hughes uh, in the SPL. Uh, and that's the best thing about Ange as well, Barry. He said age doesn't matter to him. If, don't, if you're good enough and he thinks you're good enough, he'll play you. 
Oh, and I, I firmly believe that, that that's mm-hmm. the case. I, I believe in that when he says that. And like, but like that, hopefully these young guys will also believe that because last year and the year before, they weren't getting that under Lennon. No. You know, we've spoke about it before in terms of... Favoritism. Uh, young, young Henderson and even Adam Montgomery, you know. These guys that came in... Oh, did a, Sor- a job and then just get dropped for no reason. Sorrow was the biggest example, Mark. Mm-hmm. He came in and actually made a big impact. And then like that, when I Scott Brown... Exactly, improved the the full performance is the full team. Absolutely. We played a faster brand of football with Sorrow in the centre part. He got the ball, he moved it quicker, he closed down quicker. But like like we've, we've spoken about before, as soon as Brown became available again, he was in the team and Sorrow never featured again. I don't think he started another game. I, I mean, think it's actually a good team, team actually, now that Brown is leaving. Do you know that it's going to. Well, he, he won't have long would they would if they play in in an formation. He he won't have the legs for it, Barry. I don't think you know. You know, I, I'm nothing not not speaking ill of Scott Brown at all. But obviously he's 35 now, mm-hmm. uh, and towards towards the last sort of 18 months of his career, there's no doubt he slowed down. It wasn't just his legs; so it was his style of play. Mm-hmm. He would be the go-to guy. He would go and take the like Mike said. He would go and take the ball from the centre half, but it was never at any kind of tempo or any kind mm-hmm. of pace, and that made it so easy for opposition to defend against. But if you're moving the ball quickly and more direct, it's much more harder to defend against. But if you're moving the ball slowly and side to side, teams that are going to sit and frustrate you, it's a dream for them. They'll think we, we can we can face this team all day because they're not coming coming at us. So yeah, Scott Brown moving on. It frees up a spot, but also hopefully makes the opportunity to make the midfield more dynamic and more in the way that Big Angel wants it, the style of play he wants to play. Speaking of more di- dynamic and, and stuff like that, he was asked about the, the next Celtic captain, and he said that he, he would like to, to promote the captain within the club, or if he needs to begin the captain, he'll bring one in, but he thinks it's, it's important to any club that he goes into that a captain is promoted Rogic again <laughs> so <laughs> considering we saw I think the best out of Cal McGregor that we did in the last year at the Euros I think maybe he could be Celtic's next captain I think Barry I would say he would probably be the favourite mm-hmm. and you know something it was absolutely great to see Callum McGregor in the Euros playing the way that we know he can play uh, given a sort of freedom, I thought at, at Wembley, you know, I, I know Billy Gilmore uh, got the the plaudits, and rightly so, you had a terrific game. But I must admit, I thought Gregor was McGregor was fantastic. Was that going down to the fact then that he wasn't playing next to Scott Brown, and Scott Brown, yeah, he had to cover Scott Brown's position as well, Barry? Do you think? You know, but there's a certain element of that, Paul. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I think you know, Steve Clark set him up with a job to do. Yes. And he went out and done that job, whereas, like, I've spoken about it many times before, I don't believe Neil Lennon gave any of the players instructions. I don't think that was what yeah. he did. He didn't and, have a yeah, going out to, like, hit yeah. his chickens and stuff like he that, did, yeah. He didn't have the game plan or strategy, whereas <laughs> Steve Clark, you know, for, you know, I know he's got his, his detractors and stuff, but he, he sets up a game plan, a game plan that worked at Wembley. And so Callum McGregor, Gilmore and, and John McGinn, they were under instruction exactly what he wanted them to do. So McGregor's an intelligent player. He went out and actually, you know, followed the instructions perfectly and was was outstanding against three top midfielders in in England. 
So, you know, we're, we're, we can see what Callum McGregor can do, mm-hmm. but I would say he would be the favourite. Probably if there was anybody else that would have a, a half a chance of the captaincy, it might be Julian. I would think the rest of the players, any sort of leadership quality is probably Julian. But for me, I think McGregor will get the armband personally, if he's still there, of course. Exactly. And Michael, before we leave the, this topic there, he was asked about that it, it takes that they were reading from newspapers in Australia and in Japan that it takes time for for teams to adjust to his facade. But he said, look, it could happen quickly. It could happen slowly. It depends on the players that I bring in, if they're able to adapt with faster. But he said, one thing I can promise you, uh, in our match against Meachland, we'll see ch- changes to our club already and the foundations will be laid for next season. Will it take this? current Celtic team at the moment to adjust to his philosophies? I don't know, it's a professional football players will get paid to do a job. Mm-hmm. They kind of adapt to the, the, what the guy wants and it's time to move on. And that's what I mean, if the guy gets the players that he wants and he obviously wants them because he's going to fit his style of play, it should be mm-hmm. an easy transition. Yeah, it takes time. It'll take time for maybe certain ones, but I guess, it's the same as any job. You get a bit of time. Yes. A small bit of thing. You can't accept. No, I mean, you need to get settled in, and that's it. But the guy knows what style he's wanted. Mm-hmm. He'll know within the first few days of that Celtic training who's who's yay or nay. I can guarantee it right now. A manager will know within, especially with a guy with his experience. He'll know exactly who fits the ball in that squad and who doesn't. In minutes, he'll probably know. Until you can take a manager, yes, will be able to tell. Watching uh, even the way they're ca- carrying themselves in training, he'll be able to tell within the first ten minutes whether they're going to. F- yeah. He has kind of message in that. Right, it says and like so Carl McGregor like going on the captaincy. He looks like he would be the favourite, but I wouldn't maybe rule out somebody coming in altogether new. Maybe a um, no, much a bigger name that might get the captain's arm man. I'll be up to like I think there's too much made of the captain. I I think that as well. Like I say, at the end of the day, it's a team game, eh? Okay, there's some of you running about with the captain's armband on, but you need 11 captains on the pitch. <laughs> exactly. Disney is only an armband. Not in no, a, I mean, like I say... Probably get a wee bit more kind of leeway and pull with the squad and things like that, but when it comes to actually on the park, you don't need an armband to pull players up for no pulling their weight and ball and shout and do whatever you need to do. I mean, Paul McStay wasn't Typical great captain. It used to annoy me as well when Scott Brown at the end of his Celtic career was coming on the bench, coming off the bench, and it was Callum McGregor that had the armband, and it used to always get past the Scott Brown mm-hmm. when he came on. That used to irritate me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it annoyed us so much actually, but why? What's the what? Like I just didn't see that. It's no fashion accessory. You know what I mean? That's you know the captain of football. Just because he came on, he's club captain. Doesn't mean he takes the band there. I was watching uh, a podcast there in Oslongo just to, to see how, how other podcasts were doing and they were talking about the captaincy and there's some guy on and he said, I won't appoint no captaincy. I don't think we need a captain. I won't give no one. I think next season we should go on with no captain. And it came up in the live chat. Uh, FIFA laws that you have to appoint a captain. Turns out, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I was like, man, you're a fan of football like Jesus Christ. How do you not know you need a captain within your... Squad, like, you know, just shows like that uh, podcast. Yeah, the, the guys arguing about what they were calling for the toss. 
came in and said now it's time to just get implemented on the pitch, on the park, get the players signed that we need. And then we'll, see, we'll, we'll, we'll soon see, soon enough, whether it's going to work or not. Eh? Mm-hmm. Barry? Yeah, just echo what the guys are saying. You know, it's, it's great to be able to speak about positive things, you know. Mm-hmm. The podcast has started, unfortunately, it was at a time where there wasn't a lot, a great deal of positivity to speak about. But now that we've got a big Ange in the door and, you know, these early indications are that we're going to see an exciting brand of football this season. So now, just kind of wait for the season to start. I think the, the best thing for me was, was listening that he came across as a manager who has a plan. You know, and we haven't seen that last season. He knows what, what he wants in players. He knows what he wants the players to do. And I, I think it could be uh, an unknown for an unknown manager to come into Celtic. And as Max said, we didn't know him, but the more we bought into him, see, I think this could be a great pull-off by by Celtic. If it works, it's going to be some achievement by Celtic in getting B-Tangent to, to Celtic Football Club. You know? Uh, moving on, uh, our next topic is that if you guys on the live chat want to discuss any topic that we haven't discussed tonight, or if Barry and Michael want to discuss anything that we haven't uh, discussed tonight. Barry, anything on, on your side? Um, you know what, I would just go back to the fundraiser, mm-hmm. uh, if possible. You know, I'd like to say, uh, if we can start to, to really get the boost the figure for how much we're raising, uh, like you say, especially the guys who are getting involved, uh, you know, I think there's 33, which is great numbers. You know, like spoke earlier, Mikey's done a, a, a great job in putting this together. Uh, he's, he's had to spend a lot of time making a lot of phone calls. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of work for Mikey, so credit to him. But I think now us to give that bit back, if we could actually go in and make an effort and, and get as much sponsorship as we can to to raise money for what, like we've already said, was a fantastic cause. That, that's all I would like to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey? Um, yeah, just echo what Barry says. Um, says um, a few weeks away now from the actual football match. Um, and I think like, we've got 31 guys that are playing, but unfortunately only three of the players, which is Jonas and um, myself, are the only ones that have actually donated. So it'll be good to start getting a move on regarding the donation because at the end of the day, it is all about the charity and not about just, just getting a game of football. That's all. But... Uh, Mark? No? No, fine. Just as I said, just echoing again about the charity as well. It'd be great to get everybody a bit more involved in it and spread the word about it. You know, I, I would have loved to, to, to have played this game, like, but during the current pandemic and trying to get over it's, it's just like a nearly mission impossible. But I echo what the lads are saying. Like, what Michael has done, lads, is unbelievable in such little time he's done to, get, to do this, like to get into Falkirk Stadium. To get like this is a big achievement for anyone to play in a, in a professional stadium. Like so, as as he said, as we need to get behind Michael Nolan, and, and it's for a good cause. Uh, so as I'm going to anything else from the live chat hasn't c- come up, so I'm happy to let it there. I'll see a lot of graph pictures for a fiver. If anybody wants an autograph picture. With I'll your be, manscaped. I'll, 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 <laughs> there, right. I'll just be glad to make it to the match. Last Tuesday, I'm doing a bit of, I've got a bit of five, five sides organised 
for guys that are local to myself that are playing in the charity match. And last Tuesday, I had a bit of calf trouble, so I've got five aside. She's out of come. The other excuses coming out already in a three weeks to go. I've got five aside again on Tuesday, so hopefully, like you said, I managed to last longer than I did on last Tuesday. So, Barry, what about you? What training regime are you on? Well, I'm going to join in the fives on Tuesday. That'll be my first uh, record. I'll be doing a wee bit myself. I'm wanting to set a wee bit of weight before I set foot on the pitch. So. For a wee birdie, you were out jogging the other day. Aye, well, that, that was me. I'll say it's more than a jogger. I'm, I'm moving a lot quicker than I used to <laughs> since I've shared a wee bit of pounds. Is that, is that in the car or is it? That's moving a bit quicker than you. You know what that is? It's, it's, it's since I've, uh, since I've been with Matt. Is it Dundee? <laughs> well, you know what? Since the manscaped, since I've managed to shed a bit of hair, I'm, I'm more aero, aerodynamic. <laughs> Perfect, let's we'll let it there so for tonight. So, uh, again, thanks to Barry and uh, Michael for joining us on tonight. Uh, don't forget again that this show was sponsored by Manscaped Grooming. Again, lads, if you're listening to it back, trim your balls while you're listening to the Balls and Bobble podcast. Uh, 20% off and plus free shipping with all called Celtic Rumors TV. Mark will now close the show. Well, thanks, Paul. Uh, thanks very much, Barry and Mikey, for joining us again. It's, again, it was really enjoyable that night. Thanks, everybody, that's joined us in the live chat. Uh, just remember, hit the subscribe button if you haven't, and hit the like button. Thanks very much, lads. Good night and God bless. Hail, hail. What's happening here? Mr. Plug? Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.